Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. my two as well. I mean, I don't, he said, you convinced me, and he laughed. I'm not sure what I did to convince old Cuervo to take the Denver Broncos over the Browns. He should have kept it the same. He'd be two and one as well, but unfortunately, he did change that pick. That's where we stand. I'm two and one. I'm the only one that had Chargers on Thursday night, as everybody else had Kansas City, and that was a great game, and that was that uh, two-minute, two-point conversion to figure out whether or not they were going to win. And what it showed me in reality as far as the Chargers, it puts them way ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I got news for you. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs would have won for two even on their home field. They would have took to overtime and things like that. Now, that's what, you know, if you go by the norm, this is what you're supposed to do. You're on the road and you have a chance to win the game in regulation, you go ahead and do it. But you've got to make sure that you trust what's going on. Remember, they had no Melvin Gordon in this football game, so their running game, eh, you know, kind of there. Uh, so, but what they did do throughout that game is be able to pass the ball. And uh, Philip Rivers is just doing exactly what I thought he would do at the beginning of the season when I picked the Chargers to win this division. And this was that vital game for that division, for them to make that step, because they did lose the first game, if I'm not even mistaken, by one or two points from that one as well. So they get the one-point victory on Thursday night. Now, I'm going to be straight forth and honest with you. Did not watch one minute of the Houston Jets game. I didn't even necessarily know it was on. And I did not watch the Denver Browns game. And, you know, and it's not on. Uh, yeah, it was on, but I, I just did not click it. So, um, so for me to comment on those games, that would probably be kind of silly, except the fact that I did pick the Denver Broncos. Not necessarily sure why. Well, I know why. They were home. Not because they're a better football team, because this game obviously could have went either way. Look at the score of the game and where it ended up. But, you know, I was just not there. I didn't feel good about uh, picking the Browns on the road uh, going over there. So that having been said, in case you didn't know, 
Let's bring him on in. He is the fine co-host of this program. It's Cuervo on the Sunday morning, week number 15 of the NFL. How you doing, my friend? How you doing, my friend? I'm good, Sonny. Quick sound check, please. How do I sound? I'm good. How are you? You, I, you sound fine. Um, and okay. at the beginning, I heard me, but now I don't hear myself, so I think we're okay. <laughs> okay, well, we got to hear you too, though, Sonny, so, so let's make sure. Well, I, no, I, I heard you through your fine. background, so, you know, but yeah, no, maybe you don't want to listen to me. As coming into it, I'm three games behind you, but three games ahead of uh, uh, Tarvin uh, in the standings. Let's go over those. Uh, you are in the league, 133-73-2, followed by me. I'm three games behind you, 130 76 and two, and Tarvin 127 80 and two. Uh, Tarvin and I are two and one. Why did you pick the Denver Broncos over the Browns just because I said Broncos? I mean, it had to be more. You had to think a little bit more on why you figured out. You said I convinced you. I'm not sure how that happened. Did we have a mental uh, telepathy connection there? Uh, no, not exactly, Sonny. I think it was more of just the fact that you've been on fire lately with your picks. I don't know how you've done it. I think you're having some type of telepathical, uh, uh, you know, sense or something from the football gods because you have closed in on on catching up to me pretty fast. I mean, not that the gap was yeah. huge to begin with, but um, I mean, honestly, I, I think was- I had about a five. Or- yeah, I had about a five or six game lead, if I remember right. And it was actually two. an eight point lead. You actually had an eight point lead at one point. So. And uh, I, and here's the thing: I didn't even pick like I was behind him. Like, well, I know he's going to go here, so I'm going to go opposite. I just went with the gut feeling of what was going on because hell, I never know what I'm going to get from you. And, and of course, we don't sit and uh, we don't talk about the games during the week except afterwards if we talk about a game if we get on air. So we don't sit and talk about the games uh, up and forward. We just don't have time. We all lead those busy lives. So, um, you know, I just picked them the way I saw them. I just gut feelings and certain things, certain stats that I've seen and, and made the pick that way. Now, t- today, this is, you know, the good thing about week 15, 16, and 17 Regardless of who you are, unless you're the Jets or the Bengals, I, I'll put that out there, and another team here and there, any team can win this week. I, I mean, this this is this was tough uh, going into it. Uh, Arizona's so bad, but they play the Atlanta Falcons at home. Hell, I don't even necessarily know what that's going to be. So there are a lot of games here today that can make a big difference in the standings, especially in the division runs and things like this. This is going to be an entertaining week of the NFL. Oh, it's going to oh, it's going to be a very good game. Uh, uh, week today. I mean, we've got some good games that we're going to be talking about, Sonny. Uh, so I'm looking forward. Obviously, there's one in particular where I've got uh, I got a little bit of revenge on my mind. Yes. I, I have a feeling I know which one that is. Um, and uh, But that having been said, so we might as well just kick it off and start and talk a little, just a little bit before we get into the games. Let's talk about some of the NFL news and things of that sort as we uh, will look at the rest of the games. Obviously, there's three in the books right now already. Um, and, of course, my computer wants to go as slow as me in the morning. There we go. All right, so we're all set with that. 
Let's take a look at the standings in each one of those divisions. That way we can get a good look at what is going on as far as the games that are happening today are concerned. And we might as well start off at the AFC East. Um, as on top, there's no question about who's that, who, who is the class of that division. Of course, that would be New England at 9-4, and four, followed by Miami, who are 7-6, still alive in the playoffs. Uh, that might change today. Buffalo 4-9 and New York 4-10 after the loss yesterday. Uh, over in the north, it's the most intriguing division of football like it always is. Because even the Cincinnati Bengals at two and eight still can win the division. Uh, seven and five and one Pittsburgh. Seven six, uh, seven and six for Baltimore. Cleveland with the big victory yesterday. Six seven and one and Cincinnati five and eight. All four of those teams in reality are still alive. Um, uh, but that will close out if Cincinnati loses today, and then only three teams are alive in that division. Over in the South, Houston, 10-4, they get the victory yesterday. Indianapolis, big game against the Dallas Cowboys in Indy. We'll talk about that one later. Tennessee still alive at 7-6, and Jacksonville bringing up the bottom on that 4-9. Over in Kansas City, they have clinched a playoff spot, but not the division title because the Chargers beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. They both haven't left and three record. Both of them have clinched playoff spots, so we know there's only one more wild card uh, spot available. Denver just lost their chances as they uh, or kept theirs, I think, minimally alive. They got a couple of teams got to lose in order for that to happen. But Denver six and eight, Oakland out of it at three and ten. Over in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys eight and five, Philadelphia six and seven. Uh, Philadelphia that will. Uh, be taking the shot and and uh, Washington also at six and seven, uh, two games behind the Dallas Cowboys that seem to be on cruise control. We'll talk a little bit about that because that's going to be an important game for that division when Dallas takes on Indy and Philly's got their game and they don't have their quarterback. We'll talk about that. Five and eight are the New York Giants out of it. Over in Chicago, in the North, the Chicago Bears nine and four control that. Then they get a win here with the combination. Here with they the combination, even if they lose. If they okay, there's my background there. I can hear myself on your side there, uh, Cuervo. So nine and four for the Chicago Bears, six and Chicago six Bears, and one six for Minnesota, five seven and one for Green Bay, five and eight for the Detroit Lions. Over in the South, the Saints have clinched a playoff. So actually, they clinched the division in the South, eleven and two. Carolina barely alive at six and seven, five and eight. Tampa Bay. Four and nine for Atlanta, and then over in the West, the Rams have clinched the division at eleven and two. Seattle eight and five, three and ten for Arizona and San Francisco. That's where the standings are. And now we'll take us into the first game that we got going on here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. As you know, it, it's one of those things that drives me nuts because when we are talking about teams and what they should and should not be able to do, when you look at the Atlanta Falcons, you ask, why is this team so bad? And this team is so bad because they've got a, a problem. And that problem in reality is, is that they don't know what team they want to be. They are 4-9. They are losers of the last five. They're out of the playoffs. Arizona is bad. I just don't even know who to pick. But this is the kind of game that will either make or break the standings of what we do here, Cuervo. Yep, absolutely right, Tony. This, this one <laughs> – uh... You know, when, when I when I was talking a minute ago about this is going to be a great week, uh, this wasn't the game in particular that I was talking about. So, um, yeah, this yeah, is a, uh, so. 
Might need the handy dandy couch potato quarter for this one, Sonny. Yeah, this one's so bad that you know, you know I don't know what you know. What are we going to expect now? I, I, it's really simple when you look at the game, and we can go through the stats and who's standing. But the the fact of the matter is, you go by record. Atlanta Falcons are the better team as far as record, as far as personnel out on the football field are the Atlanta Falcons. They are also at home. Everything leans Atlanta. It's the only reason why I took them. Uh, we are still back in the fact that I still don't know if that's the right pick or not because the situation as far as Arizona it, with that nothing to lose attitude. Sometimes this is a team that comes back and decides to play very well. But you look at all this uh, stuff, whether it's Julio Jones, he's going to go up against Patrick Peterson. Hey, Patrick Peterson has not allowed a single wideout receiver to finish more than 80 yards in a game since Jones went off for 10 receptions for 189 yards and a touchdown in 2014. Okay, so Peterson has Julio's number, uh, but you know, where is the mentality of Patrick Peterson in this game? Will he be that guy that will stop this guy? Or will he is he on cruise control trying not to get injured to get into the next year? And that's one of the reasons why I look at this game and I got Atlanta all day long because I think the Arizona Cardinals, with where they are, as far as that football team is concerned, they have written, uh, they have written off this season, and guys are just going to try to get out of the season without being injured. I think that's going to happen on the other side as well, but more so on the Arizona Cardinals side, because if you're a superstar, you want to remain a superstar. If you get hurt, the Arizona Cardinals can bring in a second, third-year guy, and boom, you're out of a job. Now, Patrick Peterson would get a job someplace else. But still, the point is is that if he wants to stay, I think we're going to see a lot of laying off of these wide receivers. I think Julio Jones goes off for a big day, not just because he wants to, just because he can. Well, I mean, you just mentioned it, Sonny. I mean, he has recent – he's had success, you know, recently against – well, I wouldn't say recently. What was that, three years ago you were referring to? But – you know, I mean, the point is whenever they, they've gone up against each other, talking about Julio and Patrick Peterson, you know, Peterson has found a way to get – or actually Julio's gotten – found a way to get the better of Patrick Peterson. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, a little bit of Alabama, LSU, uh, you know, I guess uh, competition there for you college fans out there. But, um, you know, beside that, though, I mean – you know, there's not very many guys in the league that can really do damage to Patrick Peterson statistically. Uh, Julio's one of them. So, but you know what, though, Sonny? I mean, talked about it. Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons have just not looked like the team that we're used to seeing, and yep. it's uh, you know, it's pretty pretty crazy to think about because this is a team again. You know, not to repeat. You know ourselves on this show, but you know these guys were in the Super Bowl two years ago. You know, and 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 now they're four and nine. Like, yeah, do you want to talk about you know, not being able to get over a, a, a certain time in in your career? I think for the Falcons as a franchise, it's just you know they they've they've still feeling the effects of a hangover. Um, you know, from losing that Super Bowl. And, again, injuries have been a thing, too. But I, I still think it's a mental game for them. I think it is, too. And so, 
and that, that it's whether or not they can consider, you know, next year where are they going to be mentally with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and the wideouts that they got going on. They got a one-two-three punch over in Atlanta that can be successful, which, in other words, that means they're going to lean on defense, especially in the offseason, what they'll do about grabbing up players, you know, to help the defense because I don't think they're necessarily worried about the offense and more so except for the running back. And that right there, he can that can be taken care of in reality fairly quickly if you are the Atlanta Falcons by finding a free agent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, all it takes is, you know, maybe somebody to just come in and say, look, you know, what happened happened is it's time to move on. Like, I, I don't I don't know what it's going to take or who that's going to be, but, um, you know, I, I have to believe that at some point in time the Falcons have to move on from what happened. And um, because they're, 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 you know, grossly underachieving. It's, it's, it's actually, you know, it's, it's sad to see. I mean, all this talent on this team just kind of going to waste. I mean, four wins this year? I mean, yes. talking about? Pathetic. You know, a guy that won the MVP two years ago, a guy that – another guy in Julio Jones, is, you, you know, can argue is the best wide receiver in the league, uh, you know, so it's you know you have a combo like that that you can't let that go to waste and the Falcons have unfortunately that's what's happened to them this year it's that talent on that team has gone to waste absolutely I and and I don't know if it's because they don't have faith in Matt Ryan I don't know what that whole situation is because even offensively they haven't really played up to a point except for the Julio Matt Ryan connection that has been there all year. They're finally getting Julio in the end zone after what seven, eight games. But at the same time, it's all. I go back to the Dallas Cowboys and what goes on with them as far as Tony Romo to Dak Prescott. It, it, sometimes you need a shot in the arm. Sometimes you need a different guy. Sometimes you need a guy that can create that kind of excitement. But I think that I really honestly think that excitement has to come on the defensive side of the ball for someone to pick it up because the defense is giving up, giving up the points in order for them to lose the game as well. So it should be interesting to see where the Atlanta Falcons go for um, a fourth, whether it be the rest of the season and or next year because, hey, the Saints are going to be there next year. Carolina, if they decide to get their heads out of their uh, caboose, they might be a little bit better next year as well. And, and we, we can sit here and write off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all day long, but they're going to have their nose in it for three-quarters of the se- season. So um, there, there's a lot of things that Atlanta's going to have to do, especially in their own division, to be better. So uh, who are you going to go at there? This year? Are you going to go ahead and go Atlanta, or are you going to pick I, what I would consider the mild upset, which would be Arizona? No, no, Sonny. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely taking the Atlanta Falcons today. I think I just think they're, they're a better, you know, yeah, you know. I mean, I just talked about it. You know, they got the better talent. Uh, Arizona is not a team that can expose people very well. So um, I don't expect much out of the Arizona Cardinals today. Uh, Having that, you know, that being said, they're probably going to go out there and blow out the Atlanta Falcons now. So yeah, yeah that's, that's just going to happen because we got our pick on the other side. But, the the question anyway. I, I guess I have for you, as far as the Arizona Cardinals are concerned, I mean, we we don't see a lot of one and done uh, coaches in uh, in the NFL. It's just one of those things that um, when you talk about 
you know, stability and things like that. You got to go through uh, growing pains. Uh, but the question that I have when when you are as bad as the Arizona Cardinals are, um, you have to ask the question: Is Steve Wilkes' job in in good shape, or is he? This guy's definitely on the hot seat. There's no question. Do you think that they that that the Arizona Cardinals go ahead and make that quick move and grab up a different head coach? Um. I think not not this year. I think when Atlanta comes back full strength the next year, let's see how this team performs. And if and if they continue to struggle and they continue to to lose games, um, you know, and, and especially I think I think a big thing too, Sonny, is how you lose games. So if if you're in a game, absolutely, and, and it's competitive, but you know the, the the other team just made one more play than you did, and, and you wind up losing by three points, whatever the case may be then I don't think that really causes, you know, means to fire a coach. But if they go out there and they just look absolutely, you know, like they're lost on the field like starting this year. next year, and they're four and nine at this time again next year with a full roster or very minimal injuries, then I think Dan Quinn is, is you know, he's not going to be able to sit down because the seat's going to be so hot. Well, it's it's actually uh, when when you think of when you think of the Arizona Cardinals, you don't think of a football team. You know, if you go really in reality, history are concerned. It's actually Steve Wilkes who is that coach for the Arizona oh, you're Cardinals. About Arizona, Sonny. Oh yeah, I think. Mm, okay, I, you know, for some reason I thought you were talking about Atlanta. My apologies. So Arizona, totally different. <laughs> thought on that um you know I, I i honestly i could see him i can see him being removed this year i just don't think i can too arizona clicked uh as a team i don't think they really responded to steve wilkes at, you know as the head coach um and that's huge you know because if, if you're if your players aren't going to respect you they're not going to you know respond to to what it is that you're trying to do um as a coach, that's 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 a big concern, and I think that's what you've seen in Arizona. I I, I really haven't. I think seen you're much. absolutely right. You know, and, I haven't. Seen and much if they don't remove them, I think they'd be making a very big mistake. But just because of what you said, Cuervo, this team's not responding with this guy. I, I, you, when when you talk NFL head coach. If you're an NFL head coach, you have to get people to buy what you're selling on your football team. And it's obviously not happening. happening. Now, you can look at John Gruden and say the same thing, but John Gruden is John Gruden. And, unfortunately, for Wilkes, Wilkes is who he is. Uh, You know, there's no respect behind what he really brings forth uh, to the table, more so than, you know, on the other side with the John Gruden, who has the respect, has the Super Bowl rings and the success. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I think the situation with Gruden's a little different. Uh, I think this was something, you know, whether people want to see it this way or not, it, it was it was an agreement I think between him and, and the front office of the Raiders that look, you know, let's let's rebuild this thing. That's why they traded away Mark Cooper. That's why they traded away Khalil Mack. Um, you know, everybody wants to blame it on Gruden and and and, and call him the biggest idiot in the world for for. Trade, but look, his his job is not to trade players away. His job is to advise the GM on who the best roster is for that team. 
And there had to be a conversation between John Gruden and the GM of the Oakland Raiders to say, look, I think it's best that we blow this thing up. You know, we're getting ready to move to, to Las Vegas next year. Let's start from scratch, you know. Derek Carr will be the face of the franchise once we move, and we build it from there. And I honestly think that's how it all—that's how it went. So, and and you know, you saw how everything kind of just went into play, and you know, now you have now you have what you have with the Raiders. That's a totally different situation, Sonny. So, so that that actually, in my opinion, bought John Gruden some time. This thing with Steve Wilkes in in, in Arizona. This, I know they didn't expect him to turn it around and like, hey, we're gonna win the we're gonna win the division next year and all that stuff. And you know, I get that. At the same time, though, I think what they also the expectation was is improvement. Yeah, there was an expectation, or, or at least for, being respectful. I mean, seven wins on the season, seven and nine is nothing home to write home mama about. But I think they'd be more happy and 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 more open to keeping them even further than next year. Um, but uh, that's the big question. Me. The blasphemy! I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, between you and me, I yeah, I I don't think. I think Reggie McKenzie, and for folks that just don't know who I'm talking about, that is the GM of the Oakland Raiders before they canned his ass. I'm going to tell you right now, you want to talk about a scapegoat? This guy was the complete puppet and the complete scapegoat of this season, and they laid it all on him. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think this guy had one word to be able to say about what was going on because it was John Gruden. I put all of this on John Gruden. Simple fact of the matter is, if he wanted Khalil Mack, he could have kept Khalil Mack. He's not an idiot, okay? Maybe some people think he is, but I don't know. But as a head coach, you know what Khalil Mack brings to your football team, without question. It is star- there. And Amari Cooper, I mean, just remember, this is the first round draft pick that this football team grabbed up, okay? Now, granted, they got one in return for him, but that doesn't mean that you sell the farm. And really, when you think about it, you take the two best guys besides Derek Carr, if you want to call him the best part of that offense, and get rid of him. That is the guy that's stepping in and saying, listen, this is going to be my team. I'm going to build it my way, not with these guys there. Instead of trying to improve their game, get them involved with his way of running a football team and getting them going. I put this all on John Gruden. And, you know, for those that don't know, Reggie McKenzie, big-time puppet, big-time scapegoat. And for all the crap that has happened for the Raiders this year, you know, you you can't first of all you can't let the one of the top three defensive players in this uh, in this league go for nothing in reality go for nothing and Amari Cooper at least they got something back for him you just can't let those type that type of talent go off a football field especially with the success that they were having before Gruden got there and I'm not talking about last year I'm talking about the year before that and what they could have mm-hmm. built on instead his ego got in the way I put this all on John Gruden. Well, I mean, you know, nobody really knows, Sonny, what, what, uh, how it all went down. I wonder who gets the bigger paycheck, John Gruden or, or Reggie McKenzie at the time. That That's the way I kind of look at it. Oh, I mean. Follow the money, <laughs> baby. Yeah, well, if, I mean, if you want to talk salary, Sonny, I mean, John Gruden makes more than probably 20% of NFL players make. 
how yeah. with how disgusting the amount of money that they're paying him to coach that football team is. Um, yeah. You know, and and I think that's the other part too. You know, a lot of and not even Raider fans, just just football fans in general. You look at that and and you say, you know, for a guy that makes ten million bucks a year, you would think that the executive decision making on his part would have been a little bit better, and say, you know what, even for one year, let's see, let's see what I can do with this roster, with a Khalil Mack, with an Amari Cooper. Let's see how, how what we can build, you know, and, and it just didn't. It, it, they just decided not to. I don't know. I don't know if it was just something that maybe he rubbed or they rubbed John Gruden the wrong way from the start, and the first yep. impression was not a good one. And he said, "You know what? I'm not yep. even going to deal with these clowns." And yep. he decided to get rid of them. So it should be interesting to see what's going on. Hey, by the way, and before we go into our next game, let's go to some quick news that is happening in the NFL. We do have time today. It's the reason why we spent some time on that. But uh, actually, I'll get to that when we get to the game. But the Texans lose uh, the running back uh, from Lamar Miller. He left the game against the Jets on Sunday. That's a big-time loss for them. Whether or not he's going to be ready to be returned, that's, that that has an impact on that football team. And in the same same breath, you go to uh, the Steelers. Uh, it looks like James Conner, he is doubtful against the Patriots. And also, um, you, you put the, up on the back, uh, the wide receiver Rodgers is out of that game as well. Uh, so two running backs and two guys coming down vital for their football teams, and they're not going to be out on the football field, whether it be for this game being uh, James Conner uh, in reality or if it's going to be on the other side with uh, with Rodgers. So, you know, two key – you know, in two of the three, these are key guys. You know, Rodgers, maybe not necessarily the wide receiver, being really, really key, but blocking down the field is from what I've been reading about him is is a vital part of his game. So that, that could happen to be a big one. So two key losses at the running back position for two key teams. So look what's going to be happening in the offseason. You know some teams are going to be looking for either Connors coming off the injury because if the Seals get rid of him or whatever the case may be, or on the other side, when you look at it and decide, you know, Houston. Houston definitely needs their running back uh, to offset that running game from the quarterback. So uh, two big guys going down, uh, you know, Lamar Miller, I think, is the biggest one because Connor has just been, you know, weighing the, you know, just guiding the ship until next year, until they make a decision on what they're going to do at the running back position for Pittsburgh. Right, yeah, that's that's a tough situation, Sonny. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, obviously we we're not even going to get into the Le'Veon Bell situation, but James Conner having the great year that he had, um, you know, for him to go down at this time of the, of the year, it's it's you know, it's just bad timing. It's it's really bad. But you know, I mean, you know, <clears throat> honestly, Sonny, I don't think even with James Conner, I don't see the Steelers really having enough to really make a, a push this year in the playoff race. I agree. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the lack of defense or just the lack of creativity in the play calling. Um, it's chemistry. Cuervo, it's chemistry. Look at that football team, Cuervo. They do not look like they know what anybody's doing at any given time. Unlike most Steeler t- teams that we've seen within the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that that to me, I think, is you know, you know, 
a big issue is, you know, when you, when guys aren't on the same sheet of music, so to speak. And, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's a Ben Roethlisberger thing because he's had problems with offensive coordinators in the past. And, and I don't know if, if, you know, he's getting along with the, I think it was a Keith Butler's his name, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, obviously we all know the situation. We know the story about him and Todd Haley and, you know, that's why they got rid of him and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know the relationship between Ben Roethlisberger and, and the new the offensive coordinator now. You know, is, is it a good one or are they still having problems? Because it just it just kind of seems like there are times where you, you, you expect to see more from the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with the power that they – you know the power, the uh, the, um, uh, the, you know, the firepower that they have offensively. You know, I mean, Antonio Brown goes off one game and, and just flat as ten year old, you know, pop in in the next yeah. game. Uh, the running game's not there um, at times, and you know, I just it just it just has me wondering, like, what do they? What do they do? You know, what, what's the relationship between Ben and the OC? Um, I just, I just think they could do more. You know, from an yeah. offensive standpoint, without question, it's a team yeah. that seems to be completely lost with no identity. It, it's, it's just one of those things they've got to get off the schneid as well. All right, let's go to the big game here, especially for my locals. All right, we can talk a lot about you know what's going on, but. You and I both know, Cuervo, that the local people here in Dallas, amongst the country, that they are all over the Dallas Cowboys. Now, hey, let's give credit where credit is due. You have to follow up a big-time game against the Saints with a victory against the Eagles, and they get it. Now, it doesn't matter if or how they did it. They just got it, and that's the most important thing. But really, the talk down here is it's truly amazing as far as this area is concerned. I cannot believe, especially in the Dallas area, where you got a team that responds to a quarterback, unlike when it was Tony Romo. We've had this discussion before, but this team seems to rally around their quarterback, and that's Dak Prescott. And all last week, they were just talking about how bad this guy is. And they don't even realize the record this guy has brought to this football team since he stepped out on the football field. They went 12, they went 12 and 4 the year before, or 13 and 3, won those two. I can't remember. Is the, either they only lost three or four, and that was big time. Last year, they were above 500. I think they were uh, 9 and 7. I mean, you're talking about a team right now who's 8 and 5, and. They brought a quarterback, even though he has mistakes, this guy is young, but geez Louise, even Tony Romo sat for many years before being thrown to the wolves. Dak Prescott, even in his times when he hasn't looked great, this guy is the quarterback for this football team moving forward, and it has nothing to do with the numbers that he's putting up. It's the response from the players that he plays with in order to get those eight victories that they got because, believe you me, Cuervo, that game last week against the Eagles was a game that that team will traditionally drop, even with Tony Romo at the quarterback position. Sorry about this. I was on mute. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but at the same time, not really. 
as far as, you know, you're talking about them rallying around Dak Prescott, look, I mean, when the decision was made to uh, him being the starter over Tony Romo, even after Romo was available, um, that was that was Dak's, you know, way of being told, you know, here you go. This is the keys to the franchise. All right. It's Let's a big responsibility. It. Look, you put that yep. star in the helmet, Sonny. You and I can we can we can talk about how much we don't like the Dallas Cowboys or cowboy haters out there, whatever. I think we can all agree though that it's one of the most um, reputable positions to have in this league. In in, in, in all the sports. If you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you're a damn celebrity no matter yep. you know what world you're in, entertainment industry, uh, whatever the case may be, you know, if you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, like that is a big freaking deal. All right. So him, him handling it the way he has, you know, he's, I think he's handled it very well. You know, he doesn't let the criticism, you know, get to him uh, when he is criticized. Um, You know, he goes out there and, 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 he just goes out there and does his thing, you know. He does, like I said, he doesn't let the he doesn't let the the job get to him. Um, you know, you don't see him, um, you know, trying to uh, uh, be a show off, you know, off the field yeah. and stuff like that. You know, kind of like uh, like a Joe Namath back in the day or whatever. Um, you know, he just he just goes out there and performs, and does his job, and and I think yeah. that's a good thing. I think I think that's that is a great change of pace for holding that that title and, and you know and, and i really i really you know that i i respect Dak prescott for that you know because he could easily let that get to his head like oh look at me i'm the quarterback of the dallas cowboys but he doesn't he doesn't let it get to nope. him you know he's nope. all about winning football games and and you gotta you have to respect that about a guy like And here's uh, another like thing you think about this, Cuervo. Remember, this is a fourth-round draft pick, okay? This is not a guy that that's, was expected that, to go to, out and have any kind of too. success. That's the other thing I was going to bring up, too. Is, you know, it's, this guy, he, he's – I think the fact that he's just so humble about it, I think that's what I like the most, you know? He, like yep. you said, he's a fourth-round draft pick. Um, you know, even with the success that he's had – you don't hear him talking about, oh, I want, you know, $40 million a year or whatever. Like, you know, he could demand, 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 and, you know, Jerry's just going to – you get a couple of shots of whiskey in him, right, and he's ready to open up the yeah. the, the, the checkbook, as you like to say. But yep. he hasn't done that, you know, and maybe he feels like he hasn't earned that opportunity yet. And and if that's the case, like, to me, that – I mean, that would just make me respect him that much more. So, you know, for him to admit that, you know, he hasn't earned that opportunity to ask for an extension or ask for a raise and, and whatnot. Look, and, and I think that's the mistake a lot of the guys in this league make, Sonny. You know, they 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 act like somebody owes them something when they haven't really done a whole lot. And they live off their name or they live off of who they play for or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, look, you know, there's guys out there that are doing, you know, twice as much as the next guy, and, and you don't hear them asking for raises or asking for contract extensions and stuff like that. 
know, they just want to play. They just want to play the game because they love the game. You know, there yeah. are. They, believe it or not, Sonny, there are guys out there that still play just because they love the game. They're, they're very far and few in between, but they're out there. And, and not only that, if you look at what's going on with the, with, with this guy, first of all. Jerry better get drunk and, and sign this guy soon. That, that's all I got to tell <laughs> right. you because I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what's happening right now. And people don't even know what happened. 2016, okay, the guy threw for 3,600 yards, okay? All right. He had 23 touchdowns, only four interceptions. His sophomore year, okay, he threw for 3,300 yards, okay? Um, he had 22 touchdowns, one less than the year before, but he threw more interceptions, okay? That's when film is available for you, and that's what happens in the sophomore slump, and that's the reason why they, they didn't finish all wonderful and running it up. But listen to this, Squarebo. You're talking about a guy right now still has three games to play, okay? Three games to play. He's thrown for 3,100 yards. He's got 17 touchdowns and only seven interceptions, even though a lot of those came, a couple of them came in this last game. You're talking about a guy that is on pace to break what he's doing in that first year, and he's going to go over 4,000 yards without question this year. So that having been said, Jerry Jones does need to break out the wallet. Now, here's the great thing about the positioning for the Dallas Cowboys. They got this guy for two more years regardless, period. If they open up the checkbook at the end of this season, Cuervo, and give him a little bit of raise, and this guy is going to, first of all, be happy. Second of all, he's going to play football, like you said, the way he, he plays it. And when you have a winning percentage like you've got and a Dak Prescott, you better, you better take that to town. So when you have a situation with the Dallas Cowboys, this is, this is a game that the Dallas Cowboys this week, when they take on the the Indianapolis Colts, Cuervo, let, let's be let, let's be honest. The the Cowboys have won five games in a row. All right, Indianapolis won last week. This is that a classic game. Last week was a classic. This is a classic. You know, two one a. Okay. This is a game where they cannot let this one slip through their fingers because of the situation with the standings, and Lord forbid if Washington wins today. Um, so there are a lot of intangibles going for this game. This is a trap game. Listen, the Dallas Cowboys are a better football team than the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to put that out there right now. But I'm, And this is the kind of game that the Dallas Cowboys have got to learn to respond to. Until they respond to that, that is the reason why. Dallas Cowboys should win this football game. I'm going to Indianapolis. Not only – and a couple of reasons why. Number one, they're on the road. Number two, it's Andrew Luck. Number three – when you are having the success the Dallas Cowboys are, they have a tendency to let that ego get in the way of them playing well, play after play after play out on the football field. And what's going to happen in this game, it's going to be one play that will open up the door for the Indianapolis Colts to get in within field goal range and kick a field goal and win this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that scenario playing out, Sonny. Um, I think that's a very realistic scenario. I think that um, and this game is in Dallas, if I remember right. No, it's in Indianapolis. Oh, it is in Indianapolis. You know yes, what? Sir. I, honestly, this is going to be a good test for the Cowboys. And the reason I say that is it because, is. you know, the, the, the Colts um, are a very good team uh, that are playoff. I believe they're playoff. They may not make the playoffs this year. 
but I think they have the talent to be a playoff team. And so with that being said, I mean, I think it's going to be a playoff type environment. And I think this is going to be a good team because if Dallas, you know, obviously it better be, I, I foresee, I foresee your prediction being right. Um, you know, my, mine fell off the face of the earth, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the Philadelphia Eagles repeating. So, you know, hope is still there yeah. for you <laughs> as far as your prediction. For so we'll hang on to that but, one. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 this this task for them, it needs to have a playoff-type feel because it's going to happen. They're going to go on the road. They're going to, um, you know, have to face, uh, you know, maybe a team like Minnesota or hell. Uh, you know, they may have to go to, um, uh, let me think. No, let me think, let me think. I'm trying to think of who's in the playoff race, Sonny, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to think right now. So, you know, you got well, the Rams. I can help you with that. Whatever, I got it right in front of me. <laughs> right now, yeah. Dallas is in control of their own division by two games, and then Chicago. But the other teams that they're going to have to fight for will be Minnesota. They're still alive. Washington mm-hmm. and Philadelphia with six within their own division. That's why a, a game clincher, a win here, put the, will will give them that. Give them the. Uh, the division in reality, uh, but they got Carolina to look out for, uh, New Orleans uh, in the playoffs, your team, Chicago, Los Angeles, and don't forget about the Seattle Seahawks who have the same record, and they're going to be in a wild card position, and uh, that, there, there's, there's a lot of things that can happen between them, especially if the Dallas Cowboys collapse they lose the last three games of the season, and somebody else sneaks in there and grabs the division. I, I don't want that to happen for this team, first of all, because Dallas Cowboy fans might just have a mass uh, a mass suicide, and there might not be enough people in this town to run the city. Um, so that would be horrible. Um, and, and second of all, it, it, what it does for the franchise, it sets them back in reality. And I don't want that. And I don't want it for one reason only. I think Dak Prescott is the guy that has the goods. I think this guy can run this football team for the next five years. And, and, they, and they can sit there and say, we've had Dak Prescott for eight years, and look what he did for us as a franchise. The Dallas Cowboys, in reality, in today's game, Cuervo, the simple fact of the matter is, well, here, let's hey, do hey, this. Can we talk? They can't afford to lose this game. Well, no, 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 they they, they can't. <laughs> and, um, you know, because that, that's going to open the door for, for the Eagles or, or even uh, Washington, which I don't see that happening. But mathematically, you know, Washington's still in it. Okay, fine. Uh, but, yep. um, you know, it's going to open the door for the Eagles to get back in. And I, t- I tell you, you know, this the situation with them looks all too familiar. You know, Carson yes. Wentz goes, goes down again, at you know, late in the season. In comes, you know, Nick the new guy Foles, and well, we all know what happened from there. So, yeah, you know, we got to see. And it just so happens they're playing the Rams too. That's the game that yeah, Carson and, and if they hurt. beat the Rams today, that's going to be huge too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, you know, it kind of, you know, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me one bit if that happened. But, you know, I, I, I we'll get into that game later. I know we will. So, uh, but. Um, you know, you know, as far as this Colts Cowboys game, um, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how Dallas can respond on the road. 
against Absolutely. A, a playoff caliber type team. Uh, you know, only the only thing is Indianapolis's defense is pretty lackluster, so Dak Prescott may have his his way with them. But I still want to see, you know, from a, from a mental perspective, you know, loud, you know, loud crowd on the road and you know things like that. Yes. How does Dallas respond to that? How does Dak Prescott respond to that? Because the one playoff game that Dak Prescott has played in, he was at home against Aaron Rodgers, and yep. they melted. You know, they were up in that game, and then they just kind of fell apart. If you remember, um, I do. So. You know that that's that's the way that situation kind of played out, but you know, I, I'm just curious to see how how they how they respond in this game today. There is no question that this is this is the biggest game of the season for the Dallas Cowboys. Now we can sit here and talk about last week was important and it was, but that was just to get over a mental hump. Okay, this is a football team that has a habit of having mental humps. But I'm going to tell you right now, and, and I'm just I'm putting it out there. The Dallas Cowboys lose today. The Washington mm-hmm. Redskins, as bad as they are, are going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Washington Redskins will be right there, primed for to take a stab at them the next week. Okay, because the Washington Redskins will go to seven and seven, and the Dallas Cowboys will be eight and six. And they were talking about one game left, and Lord forbid if Philadelphia wins. But Washington right there is still in the, in, the, in the area of striking because they have Tennessee next week. That's a game they should win. Now, granted, I don't think they are. But they should win that game if they're all set and ready to go. And then they finish it up with Philadelphia in week 17. You want to talk about a setup for the Dallas Cowboys to fall big time. It is set up for that. And if the Washington Redskins had a quarterback, I would, I would be so happy with them from where they are because let's be honest, the Dallas Cowboys are a football team that just seems to have a problem of finishing the game. Okay, this is the fourth quarter of the season, just like a regular football game, okay? And this is the fourth quarter of the season, and the Dallas Cowboys traditionally drop the ball in December. Now, you want to give them that victory at the end of November for that that's good. You can give that. That's the Saints. But they they won their first game. This is an important game. But they, they have Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, and the Giants game at New York is not going to be a walk in the park for them. So this is a mental portion of this football team that's got to step forward and say, instead of, uh, let's see if we get lucky enough to win, more so than grabbing the team by the neck and choking them out. And that's what they need to do, and it needs to start this week. But I just don't see it happening, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. I think they're weak in one place on this football team, and it's going to come back and snap them in the ass every single time, and that is coaching. This team needs a coach. And I'm sorry Jason Garrett's not the guy. I'm sorry Scott Linehan is not the offensive coordinator that can help this football team, not just to make the playoffs, but even go far in the playoffs the way they should in reality. So this coaching staff, in reality, I think is one of the reasons that the Dallas Cowboys could be held back from having the success that this team with this chemistry should have. And you need to find a guy that can see Dak Prescott for what he is and make him a superstar. And that is not Scott, Scott Lenahan. That is not Jason Garrett. 
Yeah, you know, I hear a lot of people say that, Sonny, and I don't know, you know, everybody's got their different reasons. Um, you know, when I see when I see Jason Garrett, I don't I don't see him being a, a you know a guy that really um, holds people accountable. You know, when, when they I agree. You know, when they you know if if a guy on defense misses a read or or you know something happens and you know, they give up a big play and, you know, it's like either the head coach or the defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator for an offensive play or whatever, you know, should be in that, that guy's ass. Right. I don't see yeah. that with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, nope. I see it as, Hey, it's okay. And, you know, you got Garrett clapping. He's like, he's like Oh, we'll get him next time. We'll get him next time. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. Right. The so difference between a high school I coach and a college can... coach or an NFL coach is clapping. That's to me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't. I don't really see that with them, Sonny. I don't. I don't see a whole lot of of, of guys being held accounted accountable for mistakes that they make. And I think what that kind of goes, you know, kind of adds up to eventually is, you know, pretty much lack of uh you know leadership at the coaching yep. level and i think that's what i see i don't know if anybody else has shares that same opinion as i do i don't know if you do or, or whoever but I that's the way i look at it and i think that's why a lot of people are kind of annoyed with jason garrett as the head coach of the dallas cowboys because you know you you know a lot of people probably agree with this is that there's you know they're another team that under i think they underachieve with the amount of talent that the they time. have, I think they underachieve. They could be a lot better than what they actually are. And they've shown it the past few weeks, and I don't know what's changed. Um, but that, that team we've seen the past five weeks, Sonny, is somebody we, someone we should have seen from, from week one. Absolutely. Instead of, you know, hey, Grant, give the, I'm giving the Cowboys credit. This is a thing that's won five games in a row. Okay, well, first of all, I cannot tell you the last time the Dallas Cowboys have won five games in a row, okay? So that's the first part of the change that's nice, okay, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, you want six or seven wins in a row. You definitely want six for this week. Um, but here's the thing. When they lose a football game, you, you know, like you said, the, 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 uh, the amount of accountability does not seem to be enough. And I will tell you, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. This defense has been playing out of its mind. It's playing well above what they want, want you know, what they, they are capable. I'm going to just say it. But here's what they got coming their way. And the difference between the games that they are playing is they got a, they got a Pro Bowl type of quarterback headed their way in Andrew Luck. Okay, T.Y. Hilton, okay, he's got 556 yards in the past four games, and that is the most in the NFL during that stretch. He, uh, 199 yards, against, uh, you know, in the Colts' victory last Sunday against Houston, okay? In the last five games, he's had 36 receptions and 633 yards and two touchdowns. So there is one obvious area that the Dallas Cowboys have to figure out. And here's the thing, Cuervo. If the Dallas Cowboys are any good, you can stop T.Y. Hilton. Listen, this guy is not the best thing to come along since Brew Punch. And if this guy burns the defense, I mean, it, 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 that right there 
it's to tell you about where your defense is. And looking at the schedule with the Dallas Cowboys, and again, guys, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to to do you know put it out there, but there was only one quarterback that was worth a damn at all, and that was Drew Brees when they beat the Saints. They had Philadelphia and Atlanta and Washington without, and that wasn't with Alex Smith. And and then again last week against the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz, who's not playing well and is hurt. So, you know, now you've got a Pro Bowl quarterback headed your way in the most vital time because they should be Tampa Bay. They should be should be able to beat New York. But if you get a victory against the Indianapolis Colts, have the letdown in one of the last two games of the season after you've clinched the division and you clinch the division with a decisive victory against a damn good football team in the Indianapolis Colts. But I don't see it happening. Well, I mean, I think that speaks to, you know, what how you feel about, you know, the, the, the like you said, you know, the coaching and whatnot. Um, look, I'm not very confident in Frank Reich over in Indianapolis either, either but I think really the, the, a lot of the Colts' success has to go to Andrew Luck and, and the way he's recovered from the injuries that he's suffered. And, and yep. you know, it, it's um, – you know, if it wasn't for that, I think you're looking at a Colts team that's fighting for a top five pick once again. So I agree. You know, that's that's the way I see that. But you know, I mean, I guess uh, you know everybody ha- you know can beg to differ with that. Um, so honestly, I I kind of see the Annapolis Colts almost in the same matter as I see the Dallas Cowboys. I Good just point. Think, you know that. Uh, because you think about it, you know the quarter, the quarterbacks have have kind of awoke from the dead. Um, you know they had bad years last year. Obviously Andrew Luck didn't play at all, but Dak Prescott, I mean average year at best, right? I think we yep. can agree on that. Um, yeah. You know running games wasn't really there. Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended. The Colts haven't had a running game since Edger and James. So I agree. You know you had and then the you know, defense. I mean <laughs> and then the defense was just completely just below average, uh, you know, giving up big plays and, and uh, you know, not, not really doing anything to, to help the offense. So I agree. And, and last but so, not least, you know, coaches that, that are more to me cheerleaders than they are actual leaders and mentors and, and coaches to these players. God, I agree so, with you a hundred percent on that one. Cheerleader compared to coach. There are two different things. And oh my gosh, if you want to have a cheerleader at a, at a coordinator position, fine. I think I understand it in reality, but your head coach has got to be able to drill anybody and set a patent someone on a butt after they screw up. And that's what you get. I agree. So you're going to go on the stretch. Are you going to take the Dallas Cowboys today over the Colts? Or you think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to do it in a traditional Cowboys style? And to me, it's like a broken record. Okay. So until they're able to get over the broken record, I, I just can't trust the Cowboys. And again, the Cowboys, in reality, should win this football game. I just don't think they will. Are you going to take the stretch and go Cowboys or Indianapolis in this one? I, I think I think I'm with you, Sonny. I, you know, the Cowboys have been on fire, and I give them all the credit in the world for it. I think, and again, again, in a game like this, an environment on the road and whatnot. Um, because if you think about it, a lot of the success that they've had lately, it, it's been all through home games. 
you know. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they beat they beat the Saints at home. Last week they beat the Eagles at home. Um, yeah. You know, so so a lot of what they've done lately has been at home. I want to see how they respond on the road, and I honestly. I don't know if they have they have the, the you know the mindset the, the mental strength to do that testicular testicular uh, motivation to get through it I you know that that testicular fortitude that's what I was looking for mm-hmm. yeah so I, I should just be don't see how they respond and if you know if I, I'll be the first to admit if I'm wrong I'm wrong you know hey I will too. Kudos to the I, Cowboys. I, I, I would actually be happy for for Cowboys fans if they get the victory today. I really would. And, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that we are sitting here on this show, neither one of us and or Tarvin, because Tarvin's going Indy too, okay, don't trust the Cowboys to do what a football team that that is a good football team could and should do, which is grab them by the throat and choke them out. And the Dallas Cowboys don't have that killer instinct right now. I'd like to see them do it. And and if they did it against this football team, if they lost the last two games, I could give a rip because those two teams mean absolutely nothing at the end of the season. They both suck. So I want to see what they do against a playoff contending AFC football team in the Indianapolis Colts. I'm right there with you, Cuervo. It should be a good one here, and you get that. That's an early game. We'll know about that before we get into the afternoon games. Uh, so that was going to be good. So what we're going to do now, we went a little over. We spent a little time on this game because of our low. We appreciate those that are listening out there. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take our quick break, our first break of the day. We're going to come back here in about five minutes. We'll knock down the rest of the games that are happening on Sunday as well as Monday here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, it's the NFL week number 15. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Raleigh Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. 
Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark.
I don't hear anything, Sonny. I think you're on mute, my friend. Of course I am, because I just went through and did a fantastic intro back in. I appreciate you did the that. Welcome back in. Good job. Yeah, I did. I did a queer vote, and I thought I was ready to rock and roll, but this is the second hour of the Couch Potatoes Sports Show as we cover them all here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Show. On that being said, week number 15 of the NFL, all set and ready to rock and roll, just to give you an idea of what's happening on the Couch Potatoes Sports Show. Wow, deja vu. I just said this a minute ago. The Rowlett Eagles, unfortunately, took the loss against the Richardson Eagles last week. Yes, that's right. It was Eagles versus Eagles. And unfortunately, the Eagles of Rowlett did not finish on the top portion of it. So they did lose that game. However, their first game of district happens on Friday against the South Garland Colonels. You can hear the coverage of that game starting at 7 a or 7 p.m. with our pregame show. That will take you up to a 7.45 tip. We'll be ready for that one. you be ready for that one as well. Also, on the Couch Potato Sports Show, we've had the opportunity, just everything that we do, whether it be indoor football, whether it be high school football, whether it's covering soccer or whatever the case may be, I have been asked and I have accepted to be the voice of SOAR Championship Wrestling on their new television show. It's called SOAR TV Resurrection, and I will be uh, working actually on that uh, as uh, today as we're going to be doing some voiceover, some matches that happen. So look out for that. I'll keep everybody up to date on where we are as far as that is concerned as well. So lots of things going on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Of course, I am the hardest working man in sports radio, so this is nothing new. So, that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show and where we are right now. We're going to go into our next game that's here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Not a lot to talk about in this game because it's Detroit. Now, Detroit, they won last week, and they're taking on the Buffalo Bills. And again, this is one of those games that really have nothing to do with anything in reality, more so than if you're a fan of a football team, whether it be Detroit or Buffalo. But Buffalo, when I'm looking at Buffalo, I'm seeing encouragement. Even though they're 4-9, they're one game behind Detroit in reality, two different conferences and everything else, and obviously two different divisions. But right now, I see I see some kind of confidence in Buffalo. When I look at Detroit, even though they got Matt Patricia, their Cuervo, and they beat their rivals, that would be the New England Patriots, you know, yeah, big game there. But really, you take a look at the Detroit Lions, and this is a football team that has not lived up to anything. And, you know, I don't know. I You give Matt Patricia the pass in reality. Uh, but – Two different teams here, Cuervo. One's at home and, you know, and playing well. The Lions not necessarily playing all that great, even though they did win last week. What are your looks at this one? Because you've got a rookie quarterback going up against a seasoned veteran. And the simple fact of the matter is when you look at just that aspect of the game alone, the Lions should wipe out the Buffalo Bills. But I don't think it's going to happen today. If anything, it's going to be a very, very close game here today. Yeah, I think it could be too. I mean, you know, look, Buffalo again, like you said, uh, well, Shady McCoy, boy, oh boy, Shady McCoy did a number on me and my fantasy team last week, but that, that, that's not what did, this yeah. is about. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into all that, but yeah, I'm pretty disappointed in McCoy, but you know, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, definitely, I mean, Buffalo has looked like a confident bunch. And yeah. um, I think that's that's a positive sign for the future. 
you know, for the Buffalo Bills. I think Sean McDermott's done a great job. You know, you want to talk about a coach that has really benefited from learning under some great coaching. Um, Sean McDermott is a guy that I think was more than prepared for this job in Buffalo. And, and I, I think, agree. I think you, you, know, you give it a couple of years, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be a team that can contend in this AFC East. Um, you know, no, obviously nobody's going to take it from the New England Patriots until that whole thing kind of blows over. But um, I, I, I actually think that Buffalo could be the team that steps in and takes over this division once the era in New, New England is over. I honestly do feel that way. And here's the thing. The New England Patriots are not very far away from that because you take a look at this football team, even though they're leading the division and everything, this is tailored two teams in reality. When they're on the road, they lose games. When they're at home, they win games. And so, you know, that's the first take when you look at the Patriots and where they are as far as their progression is concerned, seeing they take a step back because even the Patriots on the road were almost unbeatable. You're talking about teams that go 13-3, and 14-2 each and every year. This this is the first time we have ever really seen a uh, glitch in this football team, whether, you know, in, in their software is what I like to say, a glitch in their software, because that software has been on every single year. Now you have to figure out, you have to upgrade the software, the, the software whether that be new coaches, new players, new things, whatever the case may be. But at the, at the head of it all is a, you know, guy in, in uh, Tom Brady. So when you're the Buffalo Bills, you know what you've got to go up to. But now you're getting a different uh, football team headed your way. Now's the time for the Buffalo Bills to move on. I've said it before. I'll say it again. When you look at this football team, the Buffalo Bills, and where they were at the time when they were looking for coaches, Cuervo, this was a, this was a situation that I think Eagle got in the way of one man that was right there um, primed to make the move up to the head coaching position. And uh, the simple fact of the matter is uh, Todd Bowles should have took that job. He should have been the Buffalo Bills head coach. With that defense, the way that was playing at the time and the people that they had on that defense, that was set up for Todd Bowles to take that team, to take that step forward. Instead, he went ego, went New York, went too big, also with a franchise that has no clue evidently on how to run a franchise. Um, that having been said, Todd Bowles should be right there. But Sean McVay, I think I agree with you. Sean McVay is slowly getting the confidence of his team. And then come next year, the expectations are not necessarily, like you said, to beat the Patriots, but they have got to be competitive in that division because the simple fact of the matter is until the Patriots do fall off the, you know, off the shelf, your team and every team in that division is playing for a wild card game. Not the division because you're not going to win it. Um, You're playing for a wild card, and you know that week number one, Cuervo. And I think, you know, the only guy that really can do it within the realm of the head coaching and the teams that are in this division is Sean McVay and the Buffalo Bills. I think I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, I just think the way that this team is being set up, I think, I mean, obviously there's still pieces that needed to be added. You know, they, they, need, a, they need a running game first off. Um, you know, the Sean McCoy, with all the injuries he has, he's had this year, Sonny, I, I, if I'm the Sean McCoy, 
as hard as it is to to think about, and I can only imagine him you know, being in his shoes. Shut it I would, down. I would, I would I would I would think about walking away from the game. Look. Other guys or at least shutting it. it down for this year if you do have aspirations to play next year because there's no need to lose your career in week number 15 on a football team that is not going to make the playoffs or can actually move forward, and you are the starting running back on that football team next year. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just I'm thinking big picture for, for LaShawn McCoy. And, and, you know, for him, Sonny, you know, even last year he, he battled through some injuries. So it's, it's becoming a thing – where he's getting that label of being injury prone. And yeah. when you're injury prone at that age, uh, what that normally <laughs> what that normally means is like, look, dude, your body's shutting down. Like, you can't handle this anymore. So instead of trying to convince yourself that you can handle it, you know, you, you have to you have to just accept the fact that look, your body can't handle the grind of of, a, of an NFL season like it used to. So, yeah. Instead of risking it and, and and further, you know, furthering your your injuries or your health in general, look, just hang it up. You know, you want to retire an Eagle, sign a one day contract with them if that if that's yep. your goal. And so with that, that, you know, with that, I mean, that's that's what I think. I think McCoy needs to really, really sit down and, and have a talk with himself and, and look himself in the mirror and say, what's going to be best for me in my future? I don't know if he has – I'm pretty sure he's married and has kids, has a family of some sort, but, you know, he's got to do this for himself. And not only that, Guerrero, let's just put it out there, okay? He is getting up there in age. He's on the wrong side of 30. Okay, so that's number one. Okay, so like you said, whether or not he hangs it up or not, uh, it just depends on where his mindset is. You go into this game. Now, I don't know what this guy's regimen is each and every week and how or what he feels about being shot up, but this is the injury that he has and I, it, that, that spells trouble, and it's a hamstring injury. And all i got to do, okay, is mention North Dallas 40, Okay, and the running back that they had in that movie, what he did in order to play, it has the same injury, a hamstring injury, and the hamstring, regardless how well you get shot up, can make itself apparent immediately, and before you know it, someone can take this guy's head off. This is not a good injury to have as a running back because you are open for major hits coming from linebackers, especially when you a pain happens, and instead of focusing on running the football, the focus goes to the pain that's coming from your leg, it, it can spell trouble. And that, like you said, Cuervo, that could be – it just depends on the mindset of this guy, on whether or not he can protect himself enough in case that does happen. It, it does. Whenever I hear hamstring and a guy such as a LaShawn McCoy where he is in his career, it takes me back to North Dallas 40. And if you haven't seen the movie, it, you you got to see it. Go rent it, find it somewhere, watch North Dallas 40 because – It'll give you an idea what happens within the NFL, even though it was back in the day. It's, it really sings to what happens even in today's NFL. But in this game, LaShawn McCoy is questionable with that hamstring injury and before the game. So they don't know if they can depend on him or not. And when someone's taking a look at this game, I would think before I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the game, it would have to, you know, LaShawn McCoy has got to be a part there, a part of that victory in reality. 
And with him not being in the lineup, I don't know how, even though the Buffalo Bills are doing it very well, this is the kind of game that if you don't have what you need out on the football field at all times, you can lose the game. If they can't run the ball or are unsuccessful, they're going to depend on a rookie quarterback to throw the football, and the Lions, at least the defense, has been somewhat showing up here and there. So as they got the victory, now granted it was Arizona 17-3, to but they held them three points in that game and 17 points over the last two games. So, you know, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on Detroit side on this one. I am going to pick the Lions to get the victory, even though they are on the road and Buffalo is moving up there. The fact that Sean McCoy is not healthy and ready to go into this one, I think it just changes the whole aspect on how I'm going to pick this game. Now, I'm going to go Matt Patricia and Matthew Stafford to get a three point or one point victory over the Bills at home. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Sonny. I think, uh, you know, I think Detroit. You know, I mean, I know they're not playing for much. I think we all know that. Uh, but at the same time, I think that you know, you you want to end the season on a good note. If you can, if you can, yep, come out with a victory that you should. You know, a lot of people expect Detroit to win this game. So you know, yes. when, when you're expected to win a game, you should go out there. You know, just for not even for pride, but just something to look forward to for next year. And I think, you know, in the case of the Detroit Lions, that's what they need to think about is like, let's, let's, let's finish the season off on a positive note. Let's get a couple wins. Who cares about draft position, whatever. Um, you know, let's just go out there and get a couple of, of, of victories that we can build on for next season and, you know, be competitive in the division next year because, you know, they're going to be right there in it even next year with, you know, the Bears and depending on what happens with Minnesota. Green, I think Green Bay's in, in, in a whole different situation, but that's, I mean, that's for another yeah. day for a conversation, Sonny. And, that, and that's not being, being a Packer hater either, so I don't want to hear that. I want Sonny to get emails about, you know, Cuervo's being a Packer hater. He thinks they're tanking or they, he just thinks that they're going through through the tank, whatever. No, I, mean, I think they're, they are. They're rebuilding teams. now. They are. Why? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> so, that's just my. But opinion. yeah. But let's look at the Bills though. The Bills right now they're only averaging fifteen and a half points a game. Cuervo, at you know, in the last six uh, stretches, yeah, in six games here, you know, mm-hmm. they, they this is a football team that sometimes don't score thirteen points a game. So you know. And Matthew Stafford, God, can score 14, and then they get a field goal. They're going to win the game 17-14. It's going to be an ugly football game. And, you know, and so I'm on Detroit in this one. You're on Detroit. Avon Tarvin is going to go on the other side. He's going to go ahead with the Buffalo Bills in this one. So that brings us up into our next game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all each and every week as we go to oh, where folks game. Today, the Green Bay Packers. We just got done talking about them tanking. But, Cuervo, there are teams that will tank. And I think the Green Bay Packers will and can tank. But when they play the Chicago Bears, all bets are off on that, Cuervo. And it don't matter if Green Bay's at home or on the road like they are today. It's a totally different game. The Green Bay Packers will tank against any other team in the NFL, and that includes Minnesota and Detroit. 
but against the Chicago Bears, that just does not happen. And that, and the simple fact of the matter is right now, and I know you feel good about what I'm about ready to say, the Chicago Bears are a better football team than the Green Bay Packers. But with these two team meets, you can throw those records completely out the window regardless what's going on in the head coaching position or whether or not Aaron Rodgers is happy or whether or not he should be part of the pick of who's going to be the coach, all that other crap, all that goes off out the window starting at noon today. And the rest of it, this game, this right here in reality is the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl in reality. And this, and never mind, this game every single time is always a you know, slobber knocker anyway. So here we are. Cuervo, the Green Bay Packers up against your Chicago Bears. Now the Packers 5-7-1, and seven and one, won last week, and your Bears won last week, and they're 9-4. and four. They get this victory. They clinch in this division, Cuervo. Um, this is just like the Dallas Cowboys. I want to see the Bears do it. I want to see them grab a hold of the neck and choke this football team out. Is it going to happen today, Cuervo? I hope so. Look, I think I again. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, Sonny, but you and I we don't we don't talk about the show before we come on the air, right? We don't. We don't email nope. each other. We don't. We everything nope. we do. Is just because of how long we have been doing the show together, and um, so it's almost like we know each other's thoughts, right? Almost. <laughs> Look, my my thing is my thing is the Bears have to have revenge on their mind. I have rev- as a fan, I have revenge on my mind. Okay, you better. I, and I do trust me, I do. Because they should, you know, we can argue until the cows come home. Bears should have won that game in week one. And you know what? The Bears need to come out and prove that. They need to come out and say, "Look, y'all got y'all got lucky that first week." Okay. <laughs> y'all got lucky. <laughs> we're we're going to show you how it's done today. And I'm telling you, Sonny, you're absolutely right. I think for the Bears, they need to smell blood. And they need to go for the kill. And the reason I say yeah. that is because it's not because you know I just want to see the Packers just get destroyed. I do. I I I love Sundays where the Bears win and the Packers lose. It just makes my day. Okay, that's just me being petty, but that's that's you know neither here nor there. You're a real the you're I a real bear that. fan. That's what real bear fans think. Oh yeah, yeah. Destroy Green Bay at any opportunity, but. The reason, the reason I think that the Bears need to come out and just, you know, be like Jaws, you know, smell the blood and just go for the kill, because this yep. is going to be, this is going to be today is the day where the torch of the NFC North gets passed off from Green Bay to yep. Chicago. Okay, it should, it should, and I and I really really hope it does, because the thing is, look. I'm I'm gonna have to brush my teeth after I say this because it makes my mouth just sour. Green Bay has been the king of the division for the past what ten fifteen years now. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's been yep. More I was gonna say fifteen. Yep. Nobody's been more fortunate than the Green Bay Packers to have the quarterbacks that they've had in their franchise going from Brooks the Patriots to and the NFC North. Yeah. 
so they, they, I mean, you want to talk about luck. You want to talk about fortune and, and, and just, you know, just pure luck with yep. Aaron Rodgers falling into their lap in, in 2005 at that draft. Anyways, they, they have been the kings of the division for 15 years now. Today, you look at how the division is, and the Bears have put themselves in a position where they've gotten younger. They have a core. Yep. And by damn it, we have finally have a quarterback that we believe in in Chicago, all right, in Mitch Trubisky. He doesn't put up 400 yards and five TDs a game, okay? So for you, for you people out there that are waiting to see that, don't hold your breath because Trubisky is not that type of quarterback. Okay. He's not, he's, he's not a, a pad the stats type of guy. He's going to go in there. Nope. He's going to do what he has to do, whether he has to use his legs or his arm to get it done, but he's going to get it done and he's going to win football games. Okay. You look at the so situation. The will be. They, they, they just fired their coach, right? Yes something that we've been talking about for years now, about a good three, three, four years. We have finally seen the effects of Aaron Rodgers handcuffing this team because he's worried, he's worried about getting paid. And, you know, and it's, yep. on the, it's, on the, it's on Green Bay, too. It's on the franchise for allowing that. And instead of saying, look, we need to invest our money in other areas, Aaron, are you cool with that? If he said no, then you know what? Now you know the type of quarterback you have. He's selfish. He's not about the team. He's not about winning. And as, as tough of a pill as it would be to swallow, you would have to move on. Ask the Indianapolis Colts how tough that was. Good point. Yep. How, when Good they point. had to move on. But, it, and, but, that, but that wasn't because of Peyton Manning's greed. That's because they were scared of the injury he had. But that's, you yep. know, that's, that's for another conversation. Different situation. Different situation, but at the same time, Hall of Fame quarterback, they had to make that tough choice to move on. And since then, let's be honest, they really haven't done a whole lot. What, two playoff wins in seven years? Not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot going on nope. there. So, um, Green Bay made the mistake of allowing Aaron Rodgers to get to, – to get, how do you say it, Sonny? Paid, right? Get paid. Yes. Now, now Aaron Rodgers fights for his life in half of, half of the game because he has nobody to protect yep. him. He barely has anybody to throw the ball to. And, oh, by the way, yep. good luck with that defense bailing you out of any situation. So, yep. And good luck finding Moral another right receiver that after you change, trade your guy. Bit. And they, and they so. traded their guy that they did have a, a, a relationship, Jordy Nelson. I mean, so they let Jordy yeah. go. I mean, you Boy, know, so that's I a big you, mistake. Aaron Rodgers was crying a river when that happened. Well, I think, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Cuervo. Cuervo, that money did not come down until after that happened. 
I'm going to tell you, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is greedy or not, okay? That part I don't know. The guy always presents himself great, okay? So I, I don't know what to think of Aaron Rodgers. The simple fact of the matter is you'll never see what Aaron Rodgers is all about as far as a public forum or whatever the case may be. We don't know if he said, yeah, I want the $100 million, give it or whether or not the Packers say we cannot afford as a franchise to go without an Aaron Rodgers, even though you and I both know said this. And we are the first on the market, Quarterball. I've been looking and listening. We said this was the mistake the Green Bay Packers would make for their franchise for five years. And making that decision caused more of a shoulder injury to Aaron Rodgers because, again, instead of, you know, carrying the team, you know, off, He's got to carry the whole team now. So with that money comes those big responsibilities and those shoulder injuries happen, and it showed this year, Cuervo. But he didn't get that money until Jordy Nelson was out the door. And that, my friend, I think could have been the breaking point between whether or not he was going to be, you know, open to going ahead taking a pay cut or bringing in players that they needed in order for them to actually make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I just think, you know, the the GM, you know, the franchise really mismanaged the whole situation. I do too. You know, between, between Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, and and um, you know, I mean, there, there's other guys too. I mean, they had to trade away Ha Ha Clinton Dix, okay, to try and try and save some money for the future, okay. Look, as much as as much as I don't like Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He's not a he's not a bad player. You know, he's a pretty decent nope. player. You know, it was a good good safety made some plays for them. Now he's gone, and and so yep. that was that was Green Bay saying we got to find ways to to you know save some cash here, and that's what they had to do. They had that was the decision that they had to make. Um, you know, uh, do I think it was the right move? I mean, look, you know, safeties are a dime a dozen, Sonny. You know. Um, you, you can you can find one anywhere, but I eat young ones too. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that they had to they had to take it to that measure, I you know, really, it, it that's that's the effect of, you know, mis you know over time you mismanaged certain things, and now you had to give up an all pro safety, you know, because he's I don't know if he made all pro already, but he's going to. Okay, that that's the the path that. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix was on. He's going to be an all-pro yeah. safety. So, you know, they had to let him go. Look, it is what it is. I mean, sometimes teams just have to make those hard choices. But if you, if you do things the right way, you won't have to make those hard choices, is my point. Yes, sir. So, Good point. Yeah. Hey, whatever. I mean, <laughs> look, the Bear fan in me and says, hey, screw it. Who cares, right? But, you know, I, I, I can't be biased. You know, we're, we're the, you know, we're, we we got to be more professional than that on this show, Sonny. So, well, um, the, the, let's look at it. The Packers have won eight consecutive games in Chicago, going back uh, to uh, when they had a twenty-one to four in their last twenty-five trips. Uh, you know, this team is twenty-one and four. Twenty-one in the yeah. last twenty-five. Okay, thanks for bringing so that up. This is, I appreciate that. This is this is like home field. You know, you know, one A in reality for them. They they don't mind going to Chicago, um, and, and more than the fact, 
I, you know, I, I feel like the Chicago Bears have to do exactly what I expect the Dallas Cowboys to do. And, folks, I am a Bear fan. There is no question. I hate the Green Bay Packers. I do. But when I look at what the Bears are, they have not been this team for a long time since they were going up against uh, uh, Indianapolis in the Super Bowl. Okay. Since then, I think that was 2008, this team has been shades of that team. And until they get past it, I, in good faith, listen, the Bears should win this game. Listen, the Bears have better, better personnel. I should be picking the Bears. I'm not. I'm going Green Bay. And the, and, and the main reason is, is that this football team has to prove it to me before. And, and Mitchell Trubinsky, and this is nothing against him. I like him. And I think he's the quarterback for the future, just like Dak Prescott is for the Dallas Cowboys. But this is the game. This is that signature game that you need your quarterback to make a statement because regardless where the Green Bay Packers are, they're coming in for your, for your neck. And if you, can't, if you cannot put them out of their misery for the rest of the season with a victory today, you might as well not go into the playoffs, Cuervo. This is, and I'm going to put it out there, Cuervo, this is a must win for the Chicago Bears in order for them to be any what successful in the playoffs. No, no, you're absolutely right, Sonny. And you know, I, I, I would have I would have agreed with you, you know, as far as because I, I basically I know where you're going with this. You know, they're they're not used to big games and whatnot. But I'll tell you something. A few weeks ago, Sunday night against that Minnesota and the Ram game last week. Can, can you honestly say that those were not big games, big moments for Trubisky? The Minnesota where... game, not necessarily because of what they have gotten to. So where I have the Chicago Bears is where the Dallas Cowboys were last week. They get that marquee win against the Rams. How do they follow up that game like the Cowboys followed up the Eagles? Now, the Cowboys got the victory against the Eagles. The Bears need to show that to me today as well. So that's where I see them. That Minnesota game, right now the Minnesota Vikings are in some – they're so lost in oblivion, we might not find them for the rest of the season. And that's too bad, of course, if they had Teddy Bruschi on that or uh, Teddy Bridgewater on that football team, they'd be right there with your Chicago Bears fighting for that position. Yeah, I said it. But there you go. So wh- where team is as far as personnel, where they are as far as mentality, where they are as far as them taking that next step to be that football team that can make a difference in the playoffs, that happens this week, and it has to get a victory today. Or the And I'll say it, I don't even care who they're going to play in the NFC. They'll be one and done. They'll be out the door. But, you know, I don't know. It, you know, Joe Philbin, to me, is a joke, okay, as a head coach. Frank, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is Aaron Rodgers is not listening to anybody for the rest of the season. And that happened when McCarthy and them had that problem midseason that got out, and then, you know, he said, screw this. I'm, I'm the superstar. I'll do this which in turn obviously got McCarthy where he is today. He's not going to change that mentality when they're not going to make the playoffs, but this is the most important game of the season. This game will be called by Aaron Rodgers. This game will be decided by Aaron Rodgers. Good, bad, or indifferent. 
whether they win, it'll be because of Aaron Rodgers. If they lose, it will also be because of him and or Pittsburgh defense that has not been able to step up in big moments. Yeah, I mean, you know, the team overall just hasn't been able to step up in big moments. And, and you know, normally we can account it to, to injuries with Green Bay. Yes. That's not the case this year. Yes. That is definitely not the case this year. They've been pretty healthy for the most part. It's just they just haven't executed. And, you know, Green Bay has not been what they once were. And, you know, could you know you could kind of account that in, in many different ways. Uh, but, yes, uh, sir. You know, but I think, I think it's – I think the situation with Mike McCarthy and Green Bay is very similar to what you had with, with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Okay. I agree. When you're, when you're, yeah. So when you're in a place for so long, your message, your, you know, your words kind of just turn into white noise for a lot of guys. Yep. Um, you know, Bill Belichick is the exception. So I don't want to hear about that. Okay. That's a whole different story. That's a whole different animal of a discussion. But when you, when you win multiple Super Bowls and you have one for each finger, people tend to listen to you. Well, and, and, but it, and, and it if also, you don't, you're gone. Yeah. And well, it also covers up a lot of ugly too, but you know, and I'm sure Agreed. a lot of it will come out once Bill Belichick is, is gone and whatnot. And, you know, Books we've kind of seen written. it and heard about it already. Yeah, exactly. Which which they've already began. Like I said, they've already begun. So, um, you know, but going back to this situation, I think it's very similar to the to the Andy Reid in Philadelphia. It just kind of got old after a while, and people stopped yep. responding to him. And you know, now you you are where you are with with him in Green Bay. Um, so, you know. Uh, and again, I'm sure Mike McCarthy's going to find him a job pretty fast. Um, he's already I think he's, he's gonna, already on a long list of bad football teams to be head coach. So there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree, Sonny. Um, I, he's going to be one of the first guys that get hired on uh, Black Absolutely. Uh, after Black after Black Monday after the season is over. So I agree. That, that's that's. So you go to Chicago. Are you going to go for the stretch for the Green Bay Packers to complete what they are doing at their next uh, second best home field, Chicago? Or are you going to go and you're going to take the stretch and take the Bears? Come on, Sonny. This is All right. look. I just, Bears, I just, want, I just wanted Bears, to see. They have the opportunity to clinch a playoff spot today if they yep. win. That is the scenario. That is yep. the situation for those who are not tracking on the Bears and their playoff Future. hopes. Look, here's the deal. Matt Nagy, he wins this game today, Sonny. He's got free dinner for the beginning of next year. I'm telling you right I now, the beginning of next season. <laughs> He's got rest. He can go wherever he wants. Hey, coach, it's on us. Don't worry about it. Go Bears. Yep. Guys, never pay for a meal in Chicago for the next 365 days. That's right. Yeah, because here's the thing. Not only would they be clinching a playoff spot today, but they would have beaten Green Bay to to not only get in the playoffs, but not Green Bay out of the playoffs. 
outsole. Yeah, they're, they're, that, they're that. very slim. They're at 1%, by the way. I looked at that number. The Green Bay Packers are at 1% chance of making the playoffs. That And that's because yeah. of the tie. <laughs> well, well uh, hopefully that, but, that one becomes a big fat goose egg after today. So I agree um, with you. And, and and so here's the thing, you know, you you want to win, you want to win the hearts of Chicago Bears fans. Beat Green Bay today, Coach. I think I think I think he's going to get the job done. So I'm going we'll with see. Bears, Bears, Bears. I'm going Green Bay. They got to prove it to me. Show me. And we'll see what happens. That having been said, next game up on the board here on the Cowboys Ten Sports Show, seven to six final. Surprising team, two-game winning streak. Minnesota 6-6-1, six, six, lost their last two. This one is going to be the sneaky game of the week, Cuervo. And, I'm, and the reason why I say that is, is because, you know, I said last year, the best thing that ever happened to Ryan Tannehill is that he didn't take one snap of the season. And then what I said was the best thing for him to come in midseason and have a good year, and then he'll be the uh, the uh quarterback on the Miami Dolphins in 2020. Right now, I am right there, completely right there, and this right here could submit that situation, but the situation in reality, you know, Miami's top weapon is a 35-year-old running back and Frank Gore, who had 92 yards on 12 carries against the Patriots, okay, 708 yards, 4.7 yards a carry, Cuervo, I mean, this is, I mean, Tannehill right now, he has thrown for eight touchdowns and one interception in three games, which he looks like he's going to be a pro bowler. So, you know, this is the sneaky game. This is is that one. What do we, we call it trap games. This is a trap game for Minnesota. Because when you look at this, I mean, immediately I said Minnesota. But Minnesota for the last two weeks has been, in reality, a football team that is in a lot of trouble. And when I think now, when I see, well, last two games, are they going to win this game? I don't game? think so, Tim. I don't know. What do you think? You know, I'm, honestly, Sonny, I, I, think, I think it's more of a trap game for Miami. Look, and, and I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch the games last week. Unfortunately, I had to work. But that didn't stop me from being able to see the highlights of each game to include yes, whatever you want to call that that happened at the end of that Patriots-Dolphins game last week. Which, by the I'll way, I was the only right. one in this country that picked the Miami Dolphins, by the way, and guess what? I, I was right. I, I had to put my I, my shoulders beginning to hurt again, but I, I picked the Miami Dolphins, but that was ugly Sonny, to get that victory. Sonny, that is, that is absolutely incorrect. I was with you on that one last week. I Wait, also picked the Dolphins. Were you? Let me take, let me take a look here. I, I got that right there. And the Miami Dolphins, Miami, where's that game? Miami, Miami, Miami. Uh, they were at home. You were on Miami. So you were. So I, I, I contraire my prayer. I take a step back on that one. You did pick the Miami Dolphins. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, because history showed that New England struggles in Big Miami. time. 
they always had I, I, problems. What is that, by the way? Why can't Tom Brady – does Tom Brady go, you know, South Beach before the games or something? What the hell is going I, on there? I, that it, guy cannot get a victory in Miami to save his life. Yeah, that's got to be the situation. They must put something in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's the air pressure of, you know, South Beach. I don't, I don't know. It, it's oh, just one of man. those things, Sonny, where – it's just one of those things, to be honest, where he, they just have problems. When they, I'm, and I mean, they don't lose every single time, but they also, you know, but they they have. They won time. one time in the last ten years in Miami. One time, Cuervo. One. Yeah. And exactly. My God. I mean, the, I mean, and, and we're talk, we're talking about the goat. Okay, we're talking about the baddest man on the planet. And by the way, you say whatever you want about him until that that guy gets knocked out or doesn't make the playoffs. This guy's the baddest man on the planet, remains to be that way, and he's still the GOAT even though they're not having greatness on the road. Uh, Until then, uh, it it, it is what it is. But Miami right now, you know, is primed to make the biggest mistake as a franchise that they're going to do, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill goes off on the Minnesota Vikings today. This guy's going to be their number one quarterback next year. They're going to have a football team that has a great wideout in Danny Amendola. He's got 49 receptions. They got Kenny Stills, by the way, which is a badass. He's, he was their best pickup, by the way. Uh, six touchdowns for him. Um, so they, they kind of got a little core going on, but they need a running back. I mean, how long? 36 years old, and you're going to have Frank Gore in your football team, which, by the way, I'm, and I'm going to put it out here, and, and you know, ah. Uh, I don't know, Cuervo. I don't know. Fine, I'll, I'll do it. I, I'm hey, say can it. we talk? Frank Gore is the most overrated running back in NFL history. Yeah, I said it. Oh, this, no. this, this, this is oh, I... this guy. This guy that he has been pedestrian. I, I this guy has been nothing. I'm sorry. This guy has never lit it up. This guy, listen, Adrian Peterson's a better running back than he is. And everybody's talking about this guy being a first-round Hall of Famer. I got news for you. This guy's not a first-round Hall of Famer, okay? He's not a second-rounder. He's not going to even get in on the third time. It'll be the fourth time because that's the lucky number four guys that should be thrown in there to get in there. But I don't even think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I said it. This guy may have all the yards in the world, but what has – let me tell you, how many rings does does, uh, Frank Gore have? Yeah, it, that's a big zero, by the way, in case that you were zero. wondering. National zero. championship, I think he won two, but it doesn't matter. I mean, we're talking about that, – yeah, that, That's college. Put him in the I, College Hall of Fame all day long, but putting him in nope, the NFL nope. Hall of I'll Fame, this is a joke. This is a joke. And, and by, by, the, the whole I, thing I, just really, – I know, Joe. I, I agree with you 100. percent This is this is the biggest joke that just because you can get some yards that you are somebody. And the simple fact of the matter is, Frank Gore never made anybody better. Okay, Peyton Manning there that got him what he was. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that benefited from Peyton Manning, and after that, in reality, this guy's been floating in oblivion for the last six years. 
This guy is not Hall of Fame material. I'll I'll take it to the grave. You could call me crazy all day long. But Frank Gore, if he is your solution at the running back position, and especially if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you, you're you're in a lot of trouble. But they're stuck with what they got. They better make the improvement next year. But Frank Gore, he's the most overrated running back in NFL history. Sonny, as your co-host, I'm going to do my due diligence, all right? I got your back. Let me explain why Frank Gore is a Miami Dolphin, okay? It's a twilight tour. He's from the Miami area, wanted to finish his career down there, and he said, eh, yep. you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll sign a, a year oh with the Dolphins. Why not? Yeah, why the hell not? So, it's not even that the Miami Dolphins were thinking that he's going to be the solution at running back. This was more no, I of don't a. Think they did. Uh, but they're know, depending It was a homeboy hookup for Frank Gore. Yeah, to there be you able go. To retire, to retire in Miami, you know, at the beach, whatever, however you want to say it. So. It has nothing to do with the fact that the Dolphins think he's the answer at running back. That was just that was just like I said. It was a, it was one of those, you know, hookup Twilight Tour type deals. And look, honestly, do I think he's over? Do I think he's the most overrated running back in history? No. But do I think he's overrated? That that yeah, will good. end up with a Hall of Fame ring. But uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll that will end up with a Hall of Fame ring. I'll put it that way. I, you know what? I still disagree with you on that. I, I think there's an even more overrated running back that did make the Hall of Fame, and it was recent. Curtis Martin? No, actually, I thought he was pretty good. I actually thought he was Edrin pretty good. Edron James, then. Is that, did Ed uh, get in? No, he's not in. He's not. I think right. he's eligible. Well, I think he's eligible this year. I want to say he is eligible. He's been eligible. I didn't know if he got in. Yeah. So, no, the guy that I'm talking about, actually, there's two guys that come to mind. Look, I I can sit here and talk about Emmett Smith all day, Sonny. All right. I I don't need you getting any more hate mail than what you already get. My my opinion yeah. on Emmett Smith, he wouldn't have had the career he had if it wasn't for those big, ugly guys up front. But that's, Thank that's, you very much. I've Emmett. been saying it for years. But we're not talking about Emmett right now, okay? I don't, I, again, I don't want your, your inbox getting flooded with, you know, fire your co-host who doesn't know what he's talking about. I actually do, but let's focus on these two individuals that I'm about to mention, all right? Number one, okay? Cool nickname. Got nothing but respect for the bus. But, okay, but Jerome Bettis, there's another guy. Is he in the hall? That's, is he in the hall? He's in the hall. He I is in the that. hall. Yep. He just got in. Uh, Pathetic. Two years ago. Not this past year. Pathetic. With, with uh, Moss and Erlacher and Brian Dawkins. Got in the year before. Yeah. Pathetic. The other, the other guy? Short career, but it was very good. Won two Super Bowls, okay? Uh, but I don't know. I think if it wasn't for those two Super Bowls and the way things ended in Denver with John Elway and all that stuff, 
Terrell Davis would have never been a Hall of Famer. I think I think he should have never made it either. But Terrell Davis, in my opinion, agree with you. Should not be Hall of Famers, but that's just my opinion. I agree. I, I agree. I, don't, I I think Frank Gore is overrated on both of those. I think, I, I you know, I, I think before I give it to any of those, Frank Gore would have been the last of those three. So, I you know, so that's why I put him overrated. I think Frank Gore would be less than that. I mean, because you, 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 as much as you don't want, you know, you know how, many, how many Super Bowls does the bus have? So we, I'll, I'll look at that number. And Emmett Smith also, Super Bowls there. So I, and that's the that's the main reason why. And as much as I think that the bus is overrated, he was a part of that football team, and they depended on him as well. Frank Gore hasn't mm-hmm. done squat in the NFL. To in reality, for me to say you've got to get this guy into the Hall of Fame, he's a must. I mean, he's number four. He's got fourteen thousand seven hundred thirty-four yards. So whoop de do. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not impressed. And maybe it's I'm hard to impress. I, it could be. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is is that I am not impressed. Um, it, when you look at Frank Gore and his history and what he has done, granted, I mean, yeah, he's up there as far as the number of yards that he gets. I, I, and and I, won't den- I won't deny how many yards that he has. But the simple fact of the matter is is, is that I – those yards don't mean anything in reality unless they they amount to something. Now, he's had uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in his career that he's been over a thousand yards. So, you know, I can be impressed with that. Mm-hmm. Look, take away from that. Take away about. from that. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. But a thousand yards, in my opinion, doesn't mean anything. I mean, you play sixteen games, I, and and I'm sorry, I, I've never been impressed with a thousand yard rusher ever, um, and I'm not going to start now. Um, but you, you're talking about, you know, a number that me out of sixteen games, Cuervo means you have to rush sixty two yards a season or sixty two yards a game, okay? 62 yards a game. What does that mean in the grand scheme of things is absolutely nothing. So I'm not impressed. You know, and maybe I'm hard to impress. It may be, but Frank Gore is not a Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall of Fame running back. Fame running back. The the simple. Simple joke is is going to be is going to be, gonna be he's, he's someone's going to this guy's going to make it in the first because of those numbers and 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 we'll we'll probably have those discussions uh, when that happens and I'll be called the crazy the crazy guy out there talking out outside of but but okay back to Minnesota Chiefs okay talk about sidelines um, but. Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota's in a free fall square, folks. You're talking about a team that doesn't know where they are right now. And the main reason in reality is they have no identity. And, by the way, who's their quarterback? Mr. Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Your favorite. My buddy. My buddy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. And, and frankly, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I said it. I, I give him the credit, man. But I don't know who is Minnesota today. Cuervo, are they any good? Are, are they capable of beating Miami today? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, anybody, look, anybody is be, capable of beating anyone in this league, Sonny. I mean, look at the look at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, six months ago, you know, we would have said, nah, you know, they can't beat – they can't even beat Alabama, right? That, that, that was the running joke for a while. Cleveland Browns couldn't even beat Alabama if they stepped on the same field. Are we saying that today? Are we still saying that after after what they did last night? My guess would be no. So the point I'm making is, you know, anybody can be beat any given Sunday. If you're not prepared, not ready to play, you're going to lose in this league. Yep. Point blank. So. Hey, Cuervo, though, just to kind of defend myself, sure. I said that the Cleveland Browns would win six games this season. Guess where they're at? Yeah, they, they won their six last night. And guess how many games they should have won? Guess how many games they should have won? I mean, so, you know, even at, they're right at that number, right where I spent. And, by the way, you can say it and I, I said from last year. The Cleveland Browns have had a very successful season. Not only that, they've been in the news. How many overtime games did they have that ended up in loss? But how many mm-hmm. overtime games did they have? Three of them. And, I, and they got a tie yep. in week number one. Okay, so this is a football team that, we, you know, we say there is no place they could go but up, uh, but they could have finished, oh, you know, 0-16 again. Um, but they got different personnel. They got different coaching. And Hugh Jackson is gone. And, boy, oh, boy, I did not realize how much the Hugh Jackson effect over in Cleveland was holding them back. Because, boy, did you see that reaction and what um, the uh, first-round draft pick uh, came out and said about him? Oh, man, was that classic. And they get to do it again next week. They play him next week again. So imagine if Cleveland beats Cincinnati next week again. God, would that be a great story for Baker Mayfield and how he feels about one, you know, Hugh Jackson. So you know, yeah, Sonny, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna raise this question right now. That way we can say we called it a week ago. If Cleveland beats Cincinnati next week, is Marvin Lewis fired Monday morning? He has to be. Should and, should and, he be fired and the, Monday morning? It, and, and and the reason would be is because he might have a chance if he did not do one thing, Cuervo. What did he do? Lose, get swept by the Browns. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he hired Hugh Jackson, a guy right. that supposedly right. knows the the, oh, the, the playbook the, inside and out. Sure. Yeah, but he probably doesn't. He was probably. Doing uh, something else instead my, of coaching. My, and that's why he got fired. Just my, just my, just <laughs> my, just show why he's not a coach. But you know, even though I think the Raiders did him bad when he was there, but th- that that's a different, that's another story for another day. But um, boy, oh boy, that that's that's a heated discussion right there. I, I love it. By the way, all right. So uh, uh, Miami or Minnesota? Where, where are you looking? Uh, you know. No, I think Minnesota is so lost right now. They they don't they can't even find themselves out on the football. Not only that, Cuervo, the way they've been losing football games too has been quite ugly. Um, 
Uh, Miami's been playing some – if you want to call it good, fine. They've won two games in a row. Minnesota's lost two games in a row. Um, you know, something tells me, though, Minnesota isn't going to lose three games in a row. And against the football team, in reality, that is the Miami Dolphins that are going nowhere right now, and they're not going anywhere fast. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Minnesota side on this game in reality. My heart wants me to take – Miami, but I don't have enough. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to have enough to get over this because I think you got a very pissed off Minnesota Viking football team that you're facing today. I think so too, Sonny. It's a to me, it's a trap game for Miami. Yep. You know, winning that game the way they did against New England last week. Um, you know, obviously emotions were very high and whatnot. They felt like they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's cool and all. You know, hey, nice win is what it is. But teams like the Miami Dolphins don't know how to move on from week to week and say, you know what? That's a good point, too, Cuervo. You know, it's just one game. Um, Let's just focus on the next opponent, which is Minnesota. I don't think Miami knows how to do that. So I think they're still riding the whole, like, we beat the Patriots – Thing. Um, it was their Super Bowl. And I think, yeah, and I think my, I think Minnesota's going to beat them. Might not be a blowout, but I think Minnesota wins. I think they'll make it interesting. I think, make I think it Miami in. will make it. You know that whole thing. I think it should be interesting, but yeah, I just don't know if Miami will be able to get over the hump. But I will tell you this, Cuervo, that will be a solid win for them. That'll put them eight and six. And, boy, oh, boy, when you're talking about the standings and who's going where, remember there's only one playoff spot on the AFC side as well. So when you are the Miami Dolphins and you are taking – listen, Minnesota should be a tough football team. Minnesota, you should be – you know, it's per Cousins. You should be able to get that victory. They get that victory – they go to eight wins, one game behind New England, depending on what they do today. But, you know, uh, the, the simple fact of the matter is eight wins will put you right there because the AFC North has two seven-game uh, winners, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. So that will depend on what happened. Then, then you have Indianapolis and Tennessee that you're dealing with. This is a must-win for the Miami Dolphins, and I, I'm right there with you. This is that test whether or not they can get the job done. But I will tell you, that the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill, if he wins today, he'll be the starting quarterback next year, guaranteed. Um, so he better hope he can get the victory because if he doesn't and they fall off in playoff contention, I think the Miami Dolphins can look to move Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, you know what, Sonny? That's, that's actually not the worst idea to move on from Ryan Tannehill if that's what – you feel is best for your franchise. Uh, yeah. My only thing is, you know, of course, when you when you are looking to replace, you know, get rid of somebody, you you have to know or have a plan of who you're going to replace that guy with. And if the answer yep. is Eli Manning, I feel sorry for you. I really, I really do. I feel sorry for yeah. you. Yeah. Because. Eli has been rumored for Jacksonville and Miami, by the way. So you are right about that. That that. Uh, up on top of it, but when you're the Miami Dolphins, I, I, I'm telling you, Cuervo, it's it's a pretty 
pathetic situation because you got Brock Osweiler backing you up. David Fales is back there. And then some guy I've never heard of, Luke Falk, whoever the hell that is. Um, So, listen, as the quarterback position is in Miami, the future is not so bright that you got to wear shades. So, uh, we're both on Minnesota, and this is what I'm going to do, Cuervo. We're going to hop into the next game, and I'm going to skip ahead. I normally don't skip ahead, but um, we happen to have a young man online that is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Seven and five Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday Night Football. Losers of those last three, nine and four. New England Patriots, they lost last week as well. That having been said, I'm going to bring on the man who is, you know. Now, I, I'm going to find out whether or not he's going to do it. Has, has, I'm going to ask you, have you written off your Pittsburgh Steelers, my man? Sonny and Cuervo. Bryce and uh, Bryce. If it isn't Bryce, <laughs> Big Bryce, what do you got? Oh, man. First of all, let me get good and lathered up here. I called in <laughs> earlier, but I, I don't know if you saw the call. I you must two, not I, I, You know, I love this show. I love calling in. You guys are great to you talk to about sports. You heard Frank Gore talk is what he heard. I know, I know where he's going. <laughs> Sonny is on it, the best host in sports talk radio. Sonny, you and and, and Cuervo had the unmitigated gall to say Jerome Bennett is not a Hall of Famer? You two Uh, need to be drug tested right now. Hold on, we said over, hold on, hold on, you misheard. We said overrated. Okay, there's a difference. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't necessarily think Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer. That having been said, he's completely and utterly overrated, just like Frank Gore is. Frank Gore is He he is worse than Jerome Bettis, and I think Jerome Bettis is completely overrated. I don't. Also, yeah, in my mind, I didn't say it, but I don't think Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer. That's a personal opinion. Um, you know, and, and I've been told I've been crazy with that thought too. So you, you can continue, like I said it, because I I think it. Sonny, you and Cuervo, even even mentioning Jerome Bettis and overrated in the same sentence, they should come and ban you from your own show right now. I can't believe I'm hearing this. You're out of here. I I, I hardly ever disagree with you two. And I can't believe I'm hearing this, guys. When you look at the the numbers. The only reason why is is because it's a Pittsburgh Steeler. So that's the only reason why you disagree with us. Ernie, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. (laughs) And full disclosure, I mean, look, you know my love for the Steelers. And, yes, I love Jerome Bettis as a player. But but here's why, and all seriousness, here's why I really disagree with you two on this before we jump into the team right now. The reason why I disagree now is because when you look at, in totality, everything Jerome Bettis was from college as a fullback who was unstoppable in that option-type offense, to being able to college. come to the best league in the world at, at, at his size, be as hold nimble with his feet. Oh, go ahead. You made a mistake, though. You made a mistake because you know what college is in reality. In reality, be a franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. it's practice. Hold on, hold on. But let me let me finish the game. Practice. We talking about not a game. Practice. 
We're talking about practice. Okay, so if you want to make him a Hall of Famer because of what he did in college, there's a college Hall of Fame that he can get on his own bus and ride himself to, and I'll give him that. But no, no, as far as NFL professional football player overrated. Wait, 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 wait now, Sonny. Uh, that wasn't, because they got that wasn't my nickname. <laughs> that wasn't my full argument. That wasn't my full argument. I was only saying... <laughs> When you look at what he was in college, he was great, but he was a fullback. For him to come then and transition his game at his size in the NFL, playing much better competition, and accomplish what he accomplished with his numbers and consistency and his athleticism for a big man, the only big man, I mean, look, you've got bigger backs, um, I'm talking in the modern era. If you come to the 70s, 80s, 90s, when Bettis, you know, that's his modern era to the early 2000s. Outside of John Riggins, I have never seen a guy be able to move with the feet, never take big hits, and be as durable as the bus was. And in the yards, the touchdowns, he's on, one of, he's on the all-time rushing list. He's up there. I think he's top 10, top 5. And a Super Bowl win as a key contributor on the team. That with him, Ben Roethlisberger, and the bus being able to just make Hall of Fame running plays with his style, with his technique, with his vision in the playoffs, the way he ran against the Colts, the way he ran against the Broncos, the plays this guy was able to make. When you look at that, plus the numbers he has, the consistency. Of course he's a Hall of Fame player. He was only able to do what he did in, in the pros because he's a Hall of Fame talent, not in spite of it. Guys, I cannot agree with you. The numbers don't lie. The numbers for the bus don't lie. John Riggins, outside of that, never seen a big back. The numbers don't lie. All right. All right, I'm going to take your argument, okay? And if you want to put Jerome Bettis in there and not be overrated, uh, yeah, the numbers don't lie. Okay, since those numbers don't lie, are you trying to sit here and tell me that Frank Gore is worthy of a first ballot Hall of Fame? I mean, are, are, you, are you honestly trying to tell me that this guy who averages 62 yards a game, you know, and isn't worth a piss-poor pot, that can get him to the NFL Super Bowl. Are you trying to tell me that he is is a is a Hall of Fame more, running back? Are you Frank Gore? Frank Gore. Well, Sonny. Well, Sonny. And 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 I know, Quiver, you were in on the conversation too. I'm separating those two. I think Frank Gore is something completely different. I marvel at his consistency. I think he's great. But but, but see, to me. He's not, he's not in Jerome Bettis' class because you guys are putting Jerome Bettis, I think, with Frank Gore and arguing. I would never put Frank Gore with Jerome Bettis because I think Jerome Bettis is a different class of player. Having said that, because that's the name of the show, I mean, with yeah. what Frank Gore has overcome and the, and, the, and the numbers he's been able to put up, maybe one day someone will try to make an argument. But first ballot, I agree with you. No, Frank Gore to me is not a first ballot Hall of Fame running back. But Jerome Bettis... 
is, is in the Hall of Fame because he, he was warranted. I think saying Jerome Bettis is overrated means that you two need to be drug tested right now. <laughs> no, I think, I think <laughs> Jerome Bettis having the last year of – last four years of his career not getting 1,000 yards – Okay, shows that is one of the reasons why. Now, younger, this guy ripped it off, just like Frank Gore did when he was younger. Last four years, guy didn't make it over a thousand yards. Closest he came was eight hundred yards. Okay, all right. So, uh, then or nine hundred yards. Then it drops to eight. Then it drops to six. Then the last year. 368. Yeah, you could talk about injuries all day long, but the simple fact of the matter is no one cares about your injuries when it comes to the NFL. They care about your numbers. And those numbers right there are pedestrian those last four years of his career. Say whatever you want. Yes, he came in the league in 93 and started dropping the ball after the 1,000 yards in, in 2000. Uh, uh, 2000 uh, so he had a great 10 years. His last four years, they, 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 he might as well just go off in oblivion in reality. And, and go that go that route because the last four years doesn't mean anything in reality. Well, now, well, the I'll only tell you what, thing those that funny. they're lucky is they got the Super Bowl ring in 2004, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about the year. 2005. So they got the Super Bowl ring. Hey, congratulations, but you got another Super Bowl ring for, you know, you know your, your efforts at 368 yards. You know, congrats. Yeah, 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 yeah that's beautiful. <laughs> well, Sonny, we got to put that. We got to put that in context, though. 2002, Jerome Bettis, I think, had a really good year. 2001, he was incredible. Um, 2003, they wanted to try to shift the offense. They started Amos there away, um, and they wanted to move away from that to go more to the passing game. That was a disaster. They bring in Deuce Staley for 2004 to preserve Jerome. Deuce starts, gets hurt. Remember, that's a 7-1, and 8-1 and one football team. Roethlisberger's on the crazy run, but they're a running football team. Bettis comes in, and then I think those last eight games or what have you, he's killing it because he's preserved. They tried to preserve him towards the end to, because he was older. But when he would come in, look at the four-game four, um, run. You know, the deuce is hurt again. Look at the four-game run when they needed to win. Look at him against the Bears. Look at him against Minnesota, against, Minnesota. against, against the Lions and the Browns. He, he st- stabilized that running game with Willie Parker <laughs> and really helped get them over the hump. He was, because he was so talented even at, a young, at an older age, he was able to do it because he's good. I, I will give. I, I, will I will give. give I will get out of the backfield. Oh, I'm Rome sorry. Bettis he was able to do it because he's a Hall of Famer. Definitely Famer's better than good. Frank Gore. <laughs> definitely better than Frank Gore out of the backfield, without question. But that, and, and that could be the difference as well. But hey, lively a lively discussion on Sunday morning. Yes, Sunday's gone off the crazy end before, but you know, I, I'm still going to hang on. I'm going to still hang on to those. So, you know, I know you the team had to pre- the team had to preserve the old man, and and they depended on him to win Super Bowls when you're an old man. But hey, that's a different story for a different day. Now this game here, I mean, oh. this, this one right here, man, I, you want to talk about that? Oh. I mean, this this one here is a test in reality. Now, should we be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers in reality having the test, uh, you know, against New England every single year? This is the reason why it's a test. New England is not good on the road this year, but, uh, you know, 
Pittsburgh hasn't been great at home. I mean, geez, they lost the last three, and two of those were at home. And guess what? Pop in the pop, pop, pop. You're going to get New England. They want one more win on the season. And I think they won it against a good football team. I'm actually on New England in this game, even though they're not very good out on the road. Sonny, let me tell you something. I said it last <laughs> week. You know I picked my feelers last week, but I told you I was worried because Tomlin has a way yeah. to lose these games. That was an even bigger debacle than the Broncos and the Chargers. The coaching in that game, the def- as I've said it, the defensive coordinating, Tomlin on down, Butler, Keith Butler on down, was as bad as I've ever seen it. I told you that if they lose this game, the season is over. Sonny, I'm going to say this. I hope I'm wrong. I'm a fan to the end. The season yeah. is still over. And it doesn't matter what they do. They could win out the last three games. They will not be able to put together a four-quarter performance in the playoffs. Yeah. To make the, with, with Pittsburgh, it's not about making the playoffs, Super Bowl or bust, with this quarterback and this team. The season is over because this team, as constructed, cannot win a Super Bowl with the way they're at right now. Because of the, co- because of the way they are coached and coordinated and put together right now. They just can't do it. I don't think they're on the right. I think they haven't. I think they would have to get their coaching and playing, Sonny, would have to get so hot on the defensive end. They would start having to get at least three, four turnovers a game, which I just don't see happening. And they can go on a run. They've got the talent. But I'm, I'm here to say right now, to me, the season is over. You, need, you can't beat Oakland in Oakland. You lose the way you did. The That's season's pathetic. over. That is pathetic. Yeah, yeah. But the season is over. The, the, the only redeeming it. factor, though, hey, Bryce, the only redeeming factor, the simple fact of the matter is, is that if you want to redeem yourself, you have to beat New England, but they're not capable. And I think you they're hit it good. on the head. This is coaching. This is coaching. I, I don't I don't see Pittsburgh doing it. And, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to be the coach of the team next year, but he's got some charcoal balls right up on those buttocks right there. Um, and, and he's in a lot of trouble come next year if he doesn't have a successful season, Cuervo. So when you're looking at this game, Cuervo, what, what do you think about Pittsburgh's chances against New England this week? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously – you know, them losing the way they did to the to the Raiders last week was a huge blow, not only to, to the, the season record-wise, but I would say, uh, I don't know if ego is the right word, maybe more confidence, maybe more just perspective on what's going on with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers lately, especially this year. You know, do I think they're, do, they, do I think they win today? No, I don't. Um, so with that said, I mean, I think I think at this point, Sonny, uh, it, it's about time we start talking about change. So, being the resident Steeler fan, my question for you, Bryce, would be: If Mike Tomlin was fired to let's say tomorrow morning, would it upset you as a Steelers fan? Cuervo. Sonny, if if Mike Tomlin was fired today, I would say we should roll up to the Rooney office and give them the same drug test that you two need, which you said about Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. 
Mike Tomlin, to me, is the second best coach in the NFL. There is no way he needs to be fired. He doesn't deserve to be fired. He's having a bad stretch. No, I agree he with you. He needs to change some I things and get why. it together. I want to tell you the reason why. First of all, and I'm going to say it, and Bryce is going to agree with me, even though it's so far-fetched. The day they made the mistake is when they got rid of Todd Haley, even though him and Ben Roethlisberger were not on the same page. But guess what they were doing when they were on the same team? They were winning Super Bowls and making it to the playoffs and looking like a football team. When they got rid of Todd Haley, that was a big mistake for that football team. Yeah, I said it. But now you got who? Okay, guys, Cuervo, I'm going to ask you if you know who Randy Fitcher is, and I forget it. You don't even know who the hell he is. All right, so, no. so you got this guy as your offensive coordinator. No one's ever freaking heard of. And, and then, hey, I know who Keith Butler is, but that guy needs to go too because that defense has been giving up too many plays, especially in, especially in the secondary. They need to get that down and get that figured out. But that is not Mike Tomlin's uh, problem. The, the problem with Tomlin is he's keeping them. Tomlin should have taken the step and got rid of those two and, and, and figured out the rest of the season, but they're stuck right now because of where they are as far as playoff is concerned. So they're stuck with these, you know, first of all, Randy Fisher is nobody. Nobody. I don't, listen, you want to defend this guy and think he's great? Wonderful. Welcome to our show, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But anybody else don't even know who the hell I'm talking about. So, you know, that position right there is the reason why I fault Mike Tomlin is because Tomlin should have made that step with this Randy Fitcher dude three weeks ago and got someone in there comparable or better to run this offense that Ben Roethlisberger can agree with for the last six games of the season. Sonny, you said it, but once again, I don't know what you're smoking. But, boy, it must be some good stuff, man, because you are on one. Todd Haley needed to go only because – No, it was the biggest – it's not – because they oh. were winning football games. When Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't like you, but you're winning football games and playoff games, you know, you don't – listen, just because – listen, I, lo- I don't like my dad sometimes. That don't mean I don't want to be his son. That's the same situation over here. Just because you don't like this guy, you're winning football games, that was a mistake. It was a mistake they were winning playoff games and Super Bowls, and you don't let that guy go, and they did it because it was Ben Roethlisberger, and they had no other option at the quarterback position anywhere, anywhere. So, you know, it's either that or bring in a rook quarterback, and that's not going to happen with Pittsburgh unless you are actually brought in to take over the position, and that wasn't going to happen. When you win Super Bowls and things like that, you don't mess with the chemistry. Even though you don't like your dad, sometimes you still love him. And that's the way they should have kept that relationship. Here's, here's, here's why I don't agree. Because Todd Haley comes in in 2012, and, and, and here's the thing. I respect the work that he did with Ben Roethlisberger, and I actually believe the team respects the work. Ben, you know, came into his came into a came of age to the point where he was getting the ball out quicker, playing a little bit more disciplined football, just a maturation of a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. I respect Todd Haley as an offensive mind, but his in-game efficiency had gotten so out of whack, and it was so not in line with where Ben Roethlisberger 
the franchise quarterback wanted to go, and the relationship had deteriorated to the point where they had to make a change. And when I look at the Steeler offense right now with Feetner, I like where it's at. I like that there's such a ceiling and upside. They're using the middle of the field. They're making teams defend everything. Look, if this was Haley this year, it'd be force it to A-B, athletes make plays. Now they're spreading the football around. Ben's using a variety of weapons and receivers. Um, and the they're offensive not going to get line. out of the first round of the playoffs by your word. By your Congratulations. But, 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 but hold on, hold on, hold on. But, <laughs> but because the offense is not my issue. Of every offense can be better. Ben has turned it over too much. I think he's made – I think in a red zone he's turned it over too much. I do think sometimes Feetner needs to – he runs it in the red zone. He needs to run it more in the red zone. But overall, I like where they're at. It is defensively. Keith Butler should have been gone immediately after 2016. I'm not going to argue um, that. Whenever, not, whenever, whenever they got that. beat so bad by the Patriots, they should have made the move then. That's the move they should have made. I don't – they should have made that move that. then. And then they would have had their defensive coordinator last year. They could have went with Haley for one more year. They didn't go to a Super Bowl with Haley, but they won some playoff games. And then after that debacle in Jacksonville, Haley could have Haley could have been fired. But then the defense probably would have been better, so maybe they would have won the game. That's where Tomlin messed up. He, he stuck with Butler after 2016 when they went to New England and got rolled on. He should have fired him then. That was a game. That playoff game gets coordinators fired. He should have gotten fired. Simple and that was the time that they should have did it. But but I don't have a problem with Feekner. Butler has to go. Like, they're bringing in old linebacker coaches to talk to the team. I mean, they brought in Sean Sweesham to talk to Boswell. He's having an awful year. I mean, it's in their heads now. And this is why the season's over. Steelers should be Keith 12 Butler needs to go. season. The Steelers should be 12-3 and three this season. And, and, and way ahead of anybody else in their own damn division. But um, so I, I assume that you're going to go ahead. Are you going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game there? Or, you know, Brian, uh, are as you a football gonna... mind, I can't in good conscience. I mean, my heart wants to. I'm going to go with my head and pick the Patriots to win this game. They but just your, always your find a way. Will be with them. They always find a way to be the more disciplined football team and make, and make a couple efficient de- discipline-like plays that dooms us. Exactly. I just don't see that changing now. I don't have any trust in this defense. To, to do it and before right, quarters. When you pick Look, against if I'm them, they wrong. just might win. When you pick against them, they just might win. That might be the best thing for you. So, Cuervo, who do you have in this one? It's Steelers, New England. You know, I like Tom Brady, I like and, Tom- and I like the New England Patriots on the road in this one. Yeah, for the clean sweep, guys, uh, I'll take New England as well. Uh, I just want to touch on a couple of things that you guys talked about, not to take too much time because we only have so much before kickoff of the first sure. uh, slate of games. But, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I side with Bryce some on, on his takes as far as, you know, the coaching situation. I just wanted to see where Steelers fans mind was at. So what Bryce tell Bryce saying what he's saying, and I know he can't speak on behalf of all of Steeler nation. That's too many people to speak on. He can uh, speak for a lot of them. But it sounds like you guys still like Tomlin. It sounds like you guys still want Tomlin as your head coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. Totally uh, understandable. When I talked about changes, though, and we mentioned this briefly earlier in the show, Sonny, I think, yes, 
Once Todd Haley left, offense kind of, you know, wasn't as productive. And, and a lot of people that looks bad, but I think to in order to make change, there's going to be some trials and tribulations and struggles you're going to go through. Okay. Yeah. Now, I think, and, and, and the door's open, okay? I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what he said. He went on record, said what he said. But I think, and, and I might, might, Bryce might, he might think I'm on some drugs. To, uh, trust me when I tell you I'm not on drugs. I cannot be on my drugs because of my job. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> the, door, the door is open. And I think, I think the Steelers need to be as aggressive as they can. Do whatever they have to do. Say whatever they have to say to bring Bruce Arians back as the offensive coordinator. He already said he wanted to happen again. And, and he claims, he claims the only job he'll take is Cleveland. I beg to differ. If Mike Thomas will offered there. him the offense, I bet you he would. I bet you he would. It's less stress on him. He's a better coach than Tomlin. He's a better coach than Tomlin. Why would he take an undermining well, job to go back to Pittsburgh? Because, He's a better because, coach. Because, because, because at his, his age and his health, Sonny, I promise you he probably doesn't want to take on the stress of being an That's actual a good point. coach anymore. That might be a good now, point. That might be a good point. So if an opportunity is there to be an offensive coordinator somewhere in a, in a place that he's familiar with, like Pittsburgh, I'm sure he he would be all about it. I'm sure. Steelers I don't think so, Tim. Would be would be, and that's fine. And look, people say that they're not going to do something or that they're only going to do just like just like we called it last year. Uh, Bruce Arians ain't retiring. Oh yeah, he is, and and that's what happened. So and you and you had the you had that at week four last year. Just, just to let everybody know. Cuervo is right. the one that actually broke that. Week number four, he told the people told that he, his connections that he was done at the end of this year, regardless what happened. So um, that was week four of the end. And, 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 guys, you know, we don't get the inside scoop on a lot of things, but that one right there was spot on. It wasn't even a question. It didn't even take long. So, uh, good stuff. Good. To, hey, Bryce. As usual, we love having you on. Are you gonna hang out? Because we're gonna go into some rapid, uh, rapid picks for the rest of the uh, games because we've been having such a good time on the other ones. Well, no, I do have to get off, but but I do have to call something out. Again, there are some really good drugs going on over here because did I hear someone say Bruce Arians <laughs> is a better coach than Mike Tomlin? Wow, you two, man, you two must be, I mean, you two must be high as kites. I mean, that's some no. good stuff you got, you, you got going on. Bruce no Arians, way, I like, no. Bruce Arians should have like. been the head coach of that football team. Bruce Arians should have been <laughs> oh, the head coach for, uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers without question. But it was never going to happen until he got out. And so the possibility of him ever coming back, I don't see offensive coordinator if he came back and be a head coach. But my question would be, Cuervo, is, is how good Bruce Arians, you know, as far as the stress would be concerned, you're going to the Cleveland Browns. Now, Brandon, you've got a lot of upswing, but there's a lot of pressure there. And that's what I'm saying. If, if he can – if he can go, if he can put himself in a better situation, and I think him being the offensive coordinator of the Steelers would be a much better situation than him being the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. 
Why wouldn't you do that? Why would you not do that? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's far-fetched. Because the Browns are about but, ready to explode. I, I, I'm telling you, the Browns, the Browns, their their chemistry and their culture is changing that locker room because you're talking about a team that's won six games, should have won eight at least. Well, it's not nine. You know what? I, okay. You know what I'll say to that? that that's you know what I'll say to that? I, I I'll almost make the argument that it's not going to matter who the who the head coach is as long as you have a a healthy Baker Mayfield because he's the one making the difference in Cleveland right now. You can say what you want about. You and know, that, who's head that wide receiver? That the, wide receiver's making a big change in the culture Jar- in that locker room. Uh, Jar- What's his name? Jar- Jarvis Landry. Landry. Yeah, that 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 guy that guy right there is definitely the reason why you're seeing some changes. And all you guys do is go back to that. Yeah, all you guys do is go back to that video and, and how he called out those players out on that football team. And it wasn't just the wide receiver; it was everybody. But mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Randy Fincher, that guy got got. Simple fact of the matter, and I know you got some love for him, but this guy doesn't take any risks whatsoever. And what, the reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers have been losing games is definitely defensively, but their offense, hell, if Sunday can figure out what the hell's coming at them, then they got a lot of problems. They, they need some changes, and that's one of the things that when I look at the offense, even though Keith, I agree with you 100%, Keith Butler should have been gone a few years back. The fact that he's still there, you know, you, you, you've evidently have ridden the – you're going to ride the, you know, ride the wave out with him. But this – Randy Fitcher is a problem. That needs to change. They need to find a new offensive coordinator for that football team because they, they are so they – they're as innovative as I am, and I'm not even close to being innovative. So good to talk to you, Bryce. Make sure you give us a call. We're going to be on next week. Of course, you know it. I'll try to make sure. I was just too much on the barrage on Frank Gore. I had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. I love calling in and talking to you guys. It's always great talking football with you. And so, and, love and, the show. And we, we love your opinion, even though you're wrong. On this show, each and every week. So, thanks. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk next week. All right, guys. Take so care. We go, thanks for calling in. We are going to go ahead and Cuervo and roll to rapid response because we do only have 20 minutes left to go. Oakland and Cincinnati. This is going to get ugly. Five-game losing streak on the line for Cincinnati. Oakland wins last week. Hell, I you know I pulled out the couch potato quarter before this one came and it landed on Oakland. So you know I'm going Oakland. Literally, these two teams are horrible. But actually, and I'm going to take that back. I still think Oakland still wants to lose games to try to get a little bit higher in that. So I'm going to go Cincinnati home team. Yeah, you know, Sonny, the fact that I have to pick this game is really bad for my health. So yeah, um, I know, but, but I, I get it. You know, but, <laughs> but I have to pick someone. So. Yes. Um, you know, honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to feed too much into the, the Raiders beating Pittsburgh last week. I think I just think Pittsburgh just had a bad game. Um, yep. So with that said, I think I, I think I'm going to offensive plan in that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to I'm going to roll with the Cincinnati Bengals again. It's you know it's probably bad for my health to do that, but you know you got to pick somebody so. I agree. Uh, I like and, 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 
Either way on it, Quaver, you're absolutely right. It's a pathetic game, and it will be all over there. Um, you know, and, and you know, even though some people would think Carr is better than the Bengals quarterback, um, it, it's still there. I still think they're in there trying to get out there and trying to get a spot in the in the uh, draft. Tampa Bay loser last week, five and eight. Baltimore is just a better football team. This one didn't take me two seconds. Baltimore is still fighting for that playoff spot, and I think they're actually going to get it, Cuervo. I'm on Baltimore over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, you know, losing last week, you know, that wasn't a shock to me. I don't think it was a shock to too many other people. I don't think too many people picked them. That having been said, though, Cuervo, um, you know, they did, t- they did play New Orleans and got waxed uh, like they should. But Tampa Bay has been competitive if you take away from that game. But not enough for you to pick a Baltimore who is trying to make the playoffs in the you know last few games. Yeah, I, I think I like the Ravens. Uh, they got a little more to play for. Uh, but Tampa Bay yeah. is also one of them teams, Sonny, that they they will find a way to play spoiler and, and kind of ruin people's day. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we, that could happen today. Yep, um, it could. But uh, I, I just don't. I don't see. I think there's too much offensively that Baltimore's got going on now with the Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So you know, good luck stopping that if you're the Ravens, or I mean, I'm sorry if you're if you're Tampa Bay. So um, I like the I like Baltimore. Baltimore better hope that that guy doesn't get hurt because this guy is running more than Michael Vick ever did, and that's and that is not good for your health whatsoever. And yeah. that's coming from yep. Michael Vick's mouth. I, I saw him on, I think it was uh, what show, um, the, the one guy on Fox, what's his name? Cowherd. He was on with Cowherd. He said, this guy's running three times as long as I am. That means he ain't going to last very long in the NFL because it's not for long in reality. And really when you think about it, you know, as far as a football team is concerned and you're going to ride on the guy, you got. I think you have to ride on the guy that can do it through the pocket and not the end up on the run because as soon as this guy goes down Cuervo you know we won't be talking about this guy whatsoever um he will be an afterthought in reality and Joe Flacco should be the starting quarterback if healthy but they won't do it because they're stupid that having been said that takes us into the next game that's up on board Tennessee sit our 7-6 winner in their last two. The Giants have eked out two in a row as well. They're 5-8, but Tennessee is just the better football team in reality. New York, even though they're at home. Th- now, would it shock me if they won this game? Absolutely, because they don't have Odell Beckham. All right, so I think that's a big loss for this football team, regardless who they're playing. Tennessee's a better football team. They got something to play for. New York playing uh, spoiler at home. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants won, but I think Tennessee's the better team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think they are the better team, but, you know, that doesn't always mean Victory. It don't so, always mean a victory. Look at yep. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, t- uh, wait, Tennessee, who are they playing again? I can't remember. Uh, the Giants. I mean, there you go, the Giants. You know, yeah. it, it would be helpful to have the schedule uh, in front of my face, right? That. Uh, well, I thought I, mean, I said look, Giants. I'm sorry, but. Uh, look, uh, Sonny. I mean, when you talk Giants. To... Hey, can we talk? Oh, they put God, up the 40 burger last week. They put up a yeah, congratulations. Last week. 
And I picked him, Cuervo. That, that was the pathetic part of it. As I, you I know, yeah, as in that one, I remember you picked them too. Everybody picked the Giants over Washington because Washington couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag. And speaking of the paper bag, Cuervo, guess what? They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you want to talk about an ugly game. This one gets ugly. We talked about them not being able to find out the paper bag. Strictly defense, I'm going Jacksonville. But as far as offense is concerned, it, it, this is going to be the ugly portion of the game. But I think Jacksonville is going to get the win at home because, by the way, who's quarterbacking? Oh, yeah, Sanchez again. I don't know if they got another guy. But just thinking no, think that it's Mark got, Sanchez, uh, you can't pick him. It's Josh Johnson. So he used to play for the uh, – Josh for the, Johnson, the, Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah, so he used to play for yeah, – yep. That's the guy. He used to play for the Buccaneers. And now, Before they got the uh, crab man. Yeah, the, the crab man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's who... That's uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. So, that's that. Well, at least at least last week, that's who quarterbacked them. I don't know about yeah, this week. I don't go. know if there's, you know, been a uh, change of heart for the, for the Washington Redskins. I don't see them like, oh, we really want Mark Sanchez to be our quarterback. I, I don't. I and don't know the butt fumble recovery didn't even help him. That's how bad he is. So there you go. Right. Yeah, he actually <laughs> recovered the butt fumble this time. Yeah, so. yeah, it, the fumble he recovered it with his butt. The other one caused the fumble. This one he actually recovered it, and that didn't save his job. You know, this guy can't do anything with his butt very well. So there you go. You know, he he, he can't save the job. So, I, I so so I, I mean I don't know. Are you are you good enough? How, how do you feel about Josh Johnson who hasn't played in three years? Say, you know, up against the Jacksonville de- defense. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm confident. <laughs> I am because I mean you know, <laughs> I mean he's just I mean you want you want to talk about somebody that should be in the Hall of Fame, come on, put Josh Johnson in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, look, oh, you're I to mean kill me over here. I love it. I uh, love it. Sunny, Sunny, it wouldn't surprise me if the Jacksonville Jaguars break the record today for most interceptions in a game. Either that and or sacks. They'll probably sack them about eight times today. It'll get ugly in there. It should be, and it should be ugly because the simple fact of the matter is the Washington Redskins when they lost. By the way, Alex Smith got out of the hospital. He had four surgeries. Four surgeries. Mm-hmm. That guy's done, and we'll never see him again. That's too bad because I kind of like him, even though he is Captain Checkdown, mainly because we don't get to use his nickname anymore. But there you go. And San Francisco has Seattle. Listen. Seattle's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I said it. Seattle's going to make the playoffs because their their schedule is wonderful for them uh, to make the playoffs. And it starts with San Francisco. They'll wipe the floor with them, Cuervo. What do you got? Um, well, but wait, well, San Francisco, right? Oh, God. I, Seattle I is at San Francisco. It, yeah, that's the yeah. Uh, one we're on. Seahawks are going to have their way today. That's what I believe. Seattle's going to have their way with uh, with the 49ers. Um, I mean, they've been hot. They're eight and Where? five. What were, they were five? Eight and five. Were they? Yeah, they were what? They were what? Four and four. You know, 
a few weeks ago. I like the now Seattle Seahawks very much now. Not only that, Cuervo, they're scoring 26 points a game, okay? And that is with Russell, Russell Wilson not playing great. They're only averaging 215 yards in the, uh, in the air, but they're rushing it for 153 yards. So they're only giving up 20 points a game. Um, even if that happens, I don't think it will happen. And, and I love me some Marquise Good, uh, Goodwin because he is a former Rowlett Eagle, and I did go back and pick them uh, because of that reason. It's not going to help them today because I think the Seahawks are going to be a dark horse in the playoffs, and they're not going to be a one and done in the playoffs. I think they're going to make some noise and uh, because they're figuring it out, Cuervo, at the right time. And so now since they got rid of those those idiotic fools on the defensive side of the ball, I'm actually a Seattle Seahawks fan now, and I think they get the win today. But their game next week is going to be a great one. Okay, it's Sunday night football, and they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be a good one next Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah that is going to be a good one. Um, look, I mean Kansas City, <laughs> the way they lost that game Thursday night. But I mean, I'm sure they're pretty pissed off. So I almost feel bad for Seattle, uh, but I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah. So, well, and, and the funny thing is, Cuervo, when you're looking at that, um, you know, it, but would it shock me if Seattle went in there and beat them? I would say no um, because of that fact. All right. We have two more games and we got time. So we, we kind of blasted through a few because the one that we're going to talk about now, Cuervo, there's lots of implications that are going on because no Carson Wentz, okay? They are taking on the Rams in – Los Angeles, 11-2 Rams, 6-7. I've heard experts, Cuervo, and you want to talk about someone smoking. That People are actually picking the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Los Angeles Rams because of Nick Foles back in the lineup. I don't know what they're smoking, and I don't care that it is your Super Bowl MVP. I don't care. This is a different Rams team. If this was a different football team, I might I might get on board with that. But you got Gurley. You got you got an offense that is going to be coming at you, and the defense for Philadelphia hasn't been playing all that great. Just rewind and go back to the Dallas game that they lost last week. So you know, I, you know, I, I have a feel. I have a feeling that the Rams are going to. I'm going to put it out there. I think they're going to roll the Philadelphia Eagles today. I think they're going to run all over them, and I think this one's, this could be a blowout. I really believe it. Um, it with the combination that Nick Foles hasn't seen the field all year long in reality, um, and even with his quote-unquote experience and his wonderful new contract, you know, it, it, that defense, even though the Rams' defense has been like a no-show for five weeks, Guess what? This could be the game that that defense comes alive, and that's why I think I think they're going to eat Nick Foles alive, and I think they put a forty burger up on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I could see that. You know, I'm sure they're pretty pissed off about the way the game went last Absolutely. Sunday night. Absolutely. Um, so, I could, you know, I can see the Rams just kind of going on a rampage today you know, trying to prove that, look, they're, they are still the team to beat uh, for this year in the NFC. In the NFC. They're going to be there. Yeah. So, honestly, I think, I think, you know, I think this could be a you know, ugly game for Eagles fans uh, again in L.A., just like it was last year. Yeah. I think it could be. So, you on the Rams, or are you going to go ahead and, and 
and roll the dice with Nick Foles, you know, your Super Bowl MVP. What a joke. Anyway, um, yeah, from last year, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. I just think, you know, right now, again, you know, they, they're looking to bounce back after losing last week. Um, and I think there's no better opportunity than being back at home against the defending Super Bowl champs. And if the, and if the Eagles lose, I mean, that's, you know, their chances of, of getting into the playoffs are, you know, they, they go, it, it hurts a lot. So, yeah. Uh, well, they're going to lose the division. They lose today. Yeah, Dallas is going to win the division because Washington ain't going to win today. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, and then the Cowboys and Jesus will never hear the end. Once the Dallas Cowboys win the division, the talk about Super Bowl will be so pathetic and it will be so you know, in our face, we won't, you know, that, that's all we're going to hear. It's going to be sad. I, I, and, and that's <laughs> going to be the demise of the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs because of the overconfidence yep. and everything else. That will be the demise of the Dallas Cowboys. Again, until they prove me wrong, I'm right. And, that, and, that's, and, and that's atypical Dallas Cowboys. That's just what they do, they as Mark do. Henry would say. So, yes. So, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Last game up on the board. Last game up on the board. Monday night football. And, and you know, this one's a tough one. I, I, I mean, Carolina at home, mad. They're a loser last five. New Orleans should win this football game. They're eleven and two. They've wrapped up that division. You know, there's nothing to play for. You know, I don't want to call it a trap game because I don't think it's a trap game. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm taking a stretch here. I'm going Carolina Panthers in this football game. And I know that sounds incredibly insane, but there's absolutely nothing this game means to the New Orleans Saints, you know, as far as where they can end up or whatever the case may be. be. Well, look, Sonny, I mean, according to Bryce, we've been on drugs all morning. So the fact that you want to pick Carolina Panthers is is not – doesn't surprise me one bit, and it shouldn't surprise anybody else listening to the show. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I think I'm I'm start I'm thinking my high is starting to come down because I'm going to go on the other side on this one, and I'm going to go with the Saints. Now, okay, do I think the Panthers can make it competitive? Sure, you know, I mean they're they are the threat to the Saints in 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 this division. Um, you know, but uh. Do I think they have enough to beat the beat the Saints? No, I don't. I think the Saints win. Oh, uh, you know, probably, I don't think probably they about should. a ten point game. I don't think they should, Cuervo. I mean, I, I but the, I, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the rankings in the NFC. Okay, the only team they got to deal with in reality is the Rams. Okay. They get a first round by, second round by. They they won't wrap it maybe home field. Maybe they do. Hell, at the Rams drop one, I don't know. But there's absolutely no reason to have your guys out there in this game and put. I I'm gonna tell you right now. If I'm Sean Payton, I, I'm not I'm not playing vital personnel this whole game. I might give them some reps. But if you're mm-hmm. new, if you're New Orleans, you need to be healthy going into this because. When you meet up with the Rams, you got to be 100%. I, I, I'll even go one further. If you're going to meet up with that bare defense in the playoffs, you better be healthy. And I just, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Sean Payton's 
you know, smart enough to go ahead and throw them down and, and not play vital personnel in, in a game like this. But they're 11 and two for God's sake, and no one's going to chase them. The worst they're going to end up is the number two in the NFC. So you know, I don't see. And that's and listen. New Orleans Saints a better football team than the Carolina Panthers. But you know, you know, Cam Newton. You know, a nice little win here would make you know, you know, make him the best thing to come along since fruit punch in Carolina again. That'd be a good win for them. Um, and, and not only that, it would keep them in talks about maybe making the playoffs. Um, so, um, you know, they, they haven't been mathematically eliminated either. So, you know, and they are at home. They're a good football team at home. I don't think the Saints should lose this one. I just think they will because of the fact that they got to protect vital personnel. And I think, they, do, and I think they start this week. Well, I mean, so you think you think the Saints are going to start fading away? Is what you're telling me? I, I'm saying there's no need for them to be at the top of their game in the last three weeks of the season because they've already okay. locked up that second spot. Uh, and, well, I don't think they're, they're going to be a good football team. Listen, when you got Drew Brees and three wide receivers, you, you got a chance to win every single week. I, the question is, is how much do you really want to put in that, knowing where you are and knowing how? I'll say it. I don't think the NFC is all that strong this year um, in reality. I mean, the Rams are strong. And you are the other team that's really considered strong. The only other team that's close in reality is Chicago. And if Seattle can figure out – if Seattle wins out, I think they're going to be a threat in the NFC and they're going to shock some people. Uh, Well, are you talking about the Bears or are you talking about New Orleans? Uh, I, that's the reason why, I, you know, those are the, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, I think New Orleans can beat either one of them. I think the only team that they can't in the NFC in reality, it, you know, and hell, they might even lose that one, but you know, or win that one, but it, it's the Rams. I mean, the, the only other team in reality, Chicago, the Rams, and um, because I, I don't think Dallas has enough strength out there, so there's no need for. There's just Nobody else in the NFC that if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm sweating anybody. Well, no, I mean, yeah, those are your three, seems like your three power teams in the league. So, um, Yeah, and they have yeah. Carolina in two weeks to finish up the season. So if they need a good win, they can get it because they got Pittsburgh next week. I mean, they're, they're, everything is focused in on the Saints to play the Pittsburgh Steelers for a vital game in the afternoon next week. But they're averaging 34 points a game, okay? Simple fact of the matter is is that I think they could beat the Carolina Panthers, but at home I think this one could be the exciting thing for Carolina. So, uh, but, oh, mark that, okay? I'm going to go back. I'm taking this. I thought they were at home. They are actually – since are the Saints at home today? Let me look. No, they're in are... Carolina. Yeah, that's why I'm saying Carolina. So, yeah, the, the only reason why they're at home and they don't need this game, if they need a game, uh, they'll do it against Carolina on, Sunday, uh, on that Sunday. Yeah, I think you're right. Hold on. Wait. Yeah, they're at home tonight. Or the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday night. Monday night, yeah. It is in Carolina. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So that's that's the reason why I'm going to go ahead and ride that, and and New Orleans doesn't need to have that game, so that's where I'm at. 
Well, I mean, if they if they want to keep pace with the Rams, I think they need to win that game. But I can I see your point too. Uh, but that's where a lot of teams make the mistake, like we talked about in the past, where um, <clears throat> where you let off the gas and it winds up hurting you later in the playoffs. So I honestly think that the the right thing would do would be for the Saints to actually go out and try to win this game. And, and I think I think they will get it done. It's just it's going to be a very close game, though. But I think the, yeah. the Saints will squeak it out. Okay, we only got 90 seconds left to go as we are here on the couch with Tate Sports Show as we're rolling on out the door here. An exciting week. It's been a lot of fun, especially today. We got a lot of talk since we had two Saturday games that really helped, you know, uh, open us up to be be a little bit, you know, more fun and more innovative. So, by the way, you know, I heard somebody say Patrick Mahomes is the the MVP of the league, and all I got to say is why are you looking over Drew Brees? I don't get it, Cuervo. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think because of the expectation. Um, People expect Drew Brees to do what he's doing. Nobody expected Braxton Mahomes to do what he's doing. Now, it's not called the the most expected award or expectation award. It's called most valuable. So you take, you you know, the, the... the, team, the guys off their team, what do they look like? You know, I think they're equally valuable to their team. So, I mean, to me, I think it's honestly, I think it's going to be a popularity contest, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to wind up winning. That's sad because the NFL MVP is Drew Brees without question. But hey, that's just me. That's going to do it for this week on the Council Table Sports Show. It's week number 15 of the NFL. Everybody enjoy the games today. We'll catch you next Sunday and next Friday. Rowlett Eagles Varsity Basketball. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. All right, Sonny.